everybody, ladies and gentlemen, we are at episode 40. Yeah, you know how to say it. 40. <laughs> oh, yeah. How much did the Cowboys put on put on the Eagles Monday? 41. 41. He's going to put that out there. <laughs> and I'm not you know, done either. Oh, man. This is about to be fun. This is a fun episode already, but... Welcome, everybody. We are episode 40. Like this man, Darian, said, we done come a long way. You're almost a year, man. Yeah. Almost 50, a year of giving y'all. 52. We really came a long way. A long 52. It's the year mark. 52. 12 weeks, man. That's about to be fun. But today, I says more of how it was last week. Just got to be us four. But, you know, we're great. We're awesome. We're incredible. And we have a pretty, pretty good show for y'all. We're going to have some engaging conversation. They'll bring up a lot of interesting points, interesting perspectives, and I'm looking forward to it. So the first one we're going to do, we literally just talked about it right before we're going on. Let's knock out the NBA. Sorry, WNBA. I'm going to edit WNBA predictions in the playoffs. We have four teams left. It's Chicago, Connecticut, Phoenix, Las Vegas. Yes. Am I? Mm-hmm. All right. Four for four. So... <laughs> Which one of these teams y'all think is going to go all the way? Vegas. And if you can't predict that, you can predict the finals. Vegas. All right. So as much as I'm rooting for the Connecticut Terrapins, I know their official name is the Connecticut Sun, but they got so many Lady Terps on that roster. They are the Connecticut Terrapins to me. As much as I want to root for them, I think I think the Sky are going to take it. I'm going – the finals are going to be Vegas and and, and Connecticut. I think that was a rematch of last year. I think Vegas is, is uh, going to come you, out. You said you said rematch of last year. Yeah, was it last year's final? Uh, no, 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 Seattle won. Seattle oh, see, it was Seattle and okay. Oh no, oh no, because Seattle lost to Vegas. No, Vegas lost to Seattle in the semifinal. Well, Vegas is going to win against Phoenix. They're going to beat. They're going to beat Phoenix, and then. Also, Connecticut has the MVP in John Paul Jones, who's an absolute beast. Product of PG County, Maryland. Uh, product of Riverdale Baptist. Um, That's tough. And, um, That's tough. and yeah, I think it's going to be Vegas and Connecticut. And Vegas is going to come out on top. Asia's going to get her. Asia's going to get her ring. So will is Kim Beige. And fucking Bill Lambeer, but you know. <laughs> Sad. It's funny how Bill Lambeer would literally never be an NBA coach because of the whole ninety shit. That shit is hilarious. To me. No, I just think he just likes being. I think he likes coaching on on on, 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 on the woman. No, no, no. Of course, yeah, you know, of course. I I know he. I'm just saying, like, if he ever wanted to, you know, transition to the NBA, the fact that he wouldn't actually get like a fair chance, it's kind of crazy. No, if Isaiah Thomas could, could um, get a coach and a, and a, a GM role, I think Bill Beer could. And Isaiah Thomas was trash. <laughs> just, let's just that's true. call it that's, that's true. It was not that's good. Very true. Like, 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 especially as a G. Oh God, as a GM, it was awful. Oh, Jesus, but this man basically set the Knicks back ten years, bro, and that's not even an understatement. He did. He probably- this man- this man was trading first round picks so far in the future, and then they all ended up being good players. It's absolutely crazy. Like he probably he probably did it on purpose. Oh man, but I am not going against Darian because last time I did, 
for the Super Bowl. I was so wrong. It was ridiculous. Like, the Chiefs showed their ass. So, I'm picking yeah, Vegas. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> they, 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 really did. they did not have an offensive line. Everybody like, that's what I'm saying. Like, they had no O-line. It was just crazy. Like, Pat Mahomes was literally, like, having to shoulder all the work himself. And it's like, you're not going to one-man beat Tom Brady. That's just not going to happen. It's just, it's just it's not going to happen. So, like I said, sadly, I've not been watching WNBA. I did catch a game the other day, but I've not been watching crowds as much as I should be because it's a good basketball. But I'm going with Vegas. <laughs> I'm going to pick Vegas this time. Can't go against Vegas, baby. Boom, boom. Unless, unless it's me, I'm going. I'm going Chicago. Unless I would, I, I like I said, I would pick Chicago. That's the one I know. Like that's the team I know from like, top to bottom. But, I want. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Damn. But it's just like. I just don't have that feeling. You know when you just don't have a feeling for something? It's like, I, I'm not feeling really, I'm not feeling Chicago winning it. I just can't see it. I have to see it to believe. I mean, I I see, I love Candace Parker so much, but, you know, I, I can't, you know, Asia Wilson has basically become like my favorite Female player. Two, two, of, two of my favorite players are on the same team: Liz Cambage and 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 Asia Wilson. And then also, I kind of watched something, you know, because last year Asia Wilson she uh she uh won MVP and she was on a mission, and then she lost to Seattle, who was if Seattle wasn't battered with injuries, they probably would be playing Vegas. It will probably be Vegas-Seattle again in the uh, semifinal. Got the players to do it. I mean, so does, so does Connecticut. I mean, they have the freaking MVP. But I, my my heart's in Vegas. I'm, my, my heart and my soul is in Vegas. I'm riding with my girl, Asia Wilson, to the end. And that's that, man. Me, I just, I just feel like Candace Parker got a couple tricks left in the bag, and I and I feel like me, I'm not gonna go against Courtney Vanderslip. Like that, that's just one thing I'm not gonna do. So like that's why I'm picking the sky. That's one badass white girl. She is. Yeah, let's just not invite her to the cookout though. Yeah, yeah, that, that's what we're going on. Funny as shit. That, that is what we're going on. Y'all stupid, bro. I like how I went silent before y'all said that too, bro. It's like, oh. that, is what, that is where we draw the line, though. <laughs> no cookout invite. Damn, uh, she, uh, you said she and Max Kellerman, she not invited to the cookout. <laughs> Max, no, Max, no, Max, Max ain't invited Max. either. Yeah, I was about to say, Max can stay his ass home, too. We're not getting to that nonsense, but... <laughs> Ooh, that 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 was funny. But all right, love everybody's picks. Let's see how it goes. I'm looking forward to it. We can actually call the game. It got me into. It. I was like, hmm, okay. Let me start making time for these. So, but the problem is most of the time, doing the same. most of the time when I do come on, I'm probably at work. So I was even lucky enough to even catch this one. But cross your fingers. Yeah, that Connecticut uh Chicago game. I'm sorry to cut you off, but that Connecticut Chicago game went to two o OTs. That was a fucking thriller. And Vandersloot recorded the second triple-double in WNBA history. Playoff history. WNBA playoff history. Mm, you don't hear Russell Westbrook. Oh, man. That's a badass white girl right there. Oh, man. Russell Westbrook. We're going to end up probably talking about that later in the NBA section. But, all right. So, let's go to Richard Sherman getting the sound to the Bucks. Interesting. 
Very interesting. This man, Tom Brady, lose one game and start assembling the Avengers. Funny, I knew you was going to say that. lose one game. <laughs> yeah, people wasn't joking about that all day on social media. I was like, dang, Tom Brady already panicking. He already about to start recruiting. I'm like, y'all got to chill. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, I kind of look hey. at it like this secondary is pretty decimated, though, because they lost Josh two corners and a safety, like, week one. Oh, wait, no, that's the Niners that had Josh Norman, but, yeah, he injured, too. Niners, yeah, he was injured. I want to say Murphy. That Packers game. It's like, I want to say Murphy mm-hmm. Bunting got hurt against the Cowboys, and then someone else had gotten, had gotten hurt for Tampa. But they definitely need him. I mean, because the secondary was looking suspect. He's been looking suspect, kind of, sort of. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 early for a lot of these defenses. It's early. Yep. You know, um, I think. See, I'm the type. I, I just look at the Cowboys, and I'm just like, bro. Every time, like, like. Like the Lions just released Jamie Collins. I'm like the Cowboys. Th- th- there's a team in Dallas. Team in DC too. There's a there's a there's a team in Dallas, but it's, uh, when, it's a team in DC that definitely could use a linebacker. But when I heard that the Titans got rid of Malcolm Butler, when I heard that Xavier Howard was looking to get traded, when I heard that Patrick Peterson was a free agent, who else? Um, AJ Boye. Um, That's big. All all these all these. All these, all these corners, you know. Plus Richard, plus Richard Sherman. I was just like, "Yo, just go out and get one of them." Our secondary was terrible last last season. Just get somebody, just to just to make Cowboys fans happy. Just go out and get someone. However, the Cowboys are just so known for just not doing a damn thing. And sometimes it works out for them. Sometimes it doesn't. I guess in the first few weeks it's working out for us. But I'm just, but I, I'm not mad at Tampa taking Richard Sherman. It's not like this is the same Legion of Boom. Don't you ever talk about me, Richard Sherman? No, this is. Yeah, he's not in his prime. Honestly, he is, still has it, but respectfully, he's not prime time Sherman. Just this up. is an ACL and and an, and an Achilles tear later, Richard Sherman. However, I still think he, he you know, he got it. You know, I I think he can, you know, you know, he can hold his own, but he's not, you know, he's he's not that dude that you just he he would what Jalen Ramsey is now is what Richard Sherman was. He was hard hitting. That's accurate way to put it. He was hard hitting. He was a talker, and he shut he he shut down one one side of one one side of the field. He he is a true shutdown corner. That's what Richard Sherman was. He is. I don't think he's that now, but yeah, I think it's gonna be very interesting, man. This could be <laughs> like this man said, loading up the Avengers. But it's funny how Richard Sherman he's become one of those players where. His name is really what his value is. Like we all just said, the man is not prime time no more. He's had a couple of crazy injuries that's kind of hammed him and slowed him down, but he could still be an impact player for sure. He's not this, he's not the RG3 case where he's done done. 
And and that's like, even if he can't, the dude could be a great mentor to the younger players in the Buccaneers secondary. Like he 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 could come in, show them the ropes, and be like, "Hey, man, this is like if you're gonna be successful in the league, if you're gonna stay in this league for a long time, this is what you got to be doing." And which, yeah, and, mind and you, I, he is a Super Bowl champion, so and yeah, I, that is. And true. I like the and I like the fact that you said that because the the Tampa secondary last year was, and of course they brought back everybody, so the Tampa secondary like. None of them are really no older than at least most of them are no older than like 24, 25. You know, like uh Murphy Bunting, who got hurt last year was his rookie year. He had a killer playoff. And he and he uh and and it was like and it was his it was his it was his rookie year. He's he was only like what like 23? Yeah, 23. 23? But uh, and just adding Richard Sherman in there with that Tampa defense, who already plays lights out. I mean, they're bad against the pass because their secondary is decimated. But you can't run on them boys. You cannot. And and people were trying to say something about Dallas that and is Zeke true. and say, oh, well, Zeke and da 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 da. Bro, why would I continue to run my 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 one of my star players into a brick wall and keep telling him to run his head into a brick wall? That's a brick wall that, that is Vita Vea. I'm not doing that. If you watch Vita Vea, Vita Vea in Week One, he was killing our center. Vita Vea is a that that is a. You want to talk about Maui off of off of Moana? That's what v, that's what Vita Vea is. Yeah, y'all pass game was going like Amari Cooper went off. That was his best like best game so far. I think he had like eleven receptions over like hundred yards. CD Lamb was doing his thing. The pass game is really like the like the factor that really gets y'all like going. Honestly, um, Zeke he's still looking a little suspect. Like I don't know. I, I still no, think he can get back to form. It's, it's only it's, it's only it's only week three, honestly. So he he can he can get back to his form. Yeah, that's all I was getting at. Yeah, but yeah, I'm just saying because like you know he was in question. Time, if you so. if you expect Zeke to look like 2016 Zeke, then you're going to be utterly disappointed. Zeke is yeah. Good. I don't think we're seeing like the superstar Zeke running back we thought. Yeah, yeah. Zeke is Zeke is not going to be that. You know, 20 22 carries, 120 yards per game. Zeke Elliott that we saw. You know, for those. Two three years, uh, you, you know. Unfortunately, that ship that ship has sailed. And I mean, because remember, he had that bad year last year and the year before, and I think he even got hurt the year the uh, the uh, the uh, year before. He really hasn't been the same since. And you know, now he's just getting back into you know into shape. I don't hate the Zeke that that we're that we're getting. He's still power i'm gonna run through you zeke but he doesn't have those quick fast moves which is what we use tony power for skip bayless calls 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 zeke thunder and tony power lightning so what we're getting from zeke is probably a more like i guess a more seasoned zeke 
It seems yeah, like he's trying to like preserve D. Like he doesn't want to get him hurt too by preserve his body as well. So it is kind of smart. Maybe you give him less snaps, knowing that Zeke can get injured from here and there because the running back position is the toughest position in football. So and knowing that you have Tony Pollard, it's like now they can actually split, you know, reps between them two because yeah. Tony Pollard can go off and actually balance out the run game. Because that's I mean, actually a good comparison to say Thunder and Lightning. Because Zeke is like the running back I can believe just like run you over being these two. And Tony Pollard is very shifty. You can just go from like you know side to side and like just shoot, be down the field before you know it, catches you off guard in the screen. Like he has underrated speed, honestly. Oh, Tony Pollard does. All right, but truth be told, I feel like the Cowboys y'all don't really need Zeke to be twenty sixteen Zeke. I mean, because exactly. you have a receiving core that's honestly one of the best in the league, and now yep. and now you have mm, that's what I was saying too. Uh, Dak Prescott, who I believe is a top ten quarterback, and he's back healthy. Plus, you have a defense where it's like they're better than last year, although the bar is low. And really, I like a couple of you guys on your defense, primarily Micah Parsons. Micah Parsons and Trayvon Diggs making that. A beast, bro. Micah Parsons. Name, yeah. Making that name known. Yeah. I, said, I said before the season, Micah Parsons has a pretty good chance to win defensive rookie of the year this year. Yeah. And the thing, it, I've read something. Um, it was like a little snippet, a little tweet. I didn't really read the article, but it said that usually coaches, you know, when you get a new like offensive or defensive coordinator, they come in with their own playbook already. And now the players have to adjust to you know, the players have to adjust to the system that they already have. However, Dan Quinn has came into Dallas and he's setting the system with the players that are already, he's building the system around the players that are already there. He didn't come in there with a playbook. He built the playbook as training camp and preseason and as the season is going on, which I think is just flat out great. And you see how the Cowboys are responding to it. That's a good point. But like, one, ahead, thing I, one thing I'm going to say, though, about the Cowboys, the Cowboys matchup this coming week, bro, I'm going to offer a bit of warning to Cowboys fans. Yes, Christian McCaffrey is hurt, but that does not mean this is like – uh, is good. This, this is not going to be like a slam dunk. It's not going to be like Cowboys by 50 or anything like that. Because Carolina, if – like for those that have been paying attention, the Carolina Panthers currently – lead the league in total defense, pass defense, run defense, and scoring defense. So, yeah, Carolina's looking legit right now. They're looking pretty good against that in that Houston game. Like, we actually saw when – And it's not even against Houston. And it's not even against Houston. They shut down the Saints a week after they New Orleans put 38 on the Packers. No, I'm just happy we're finally seeing Sam Darnold goes to show he was in a very toxic situation up in New York with the Jets. We're actually seeing them, you know – in a settled, you know, level, like, stable, in the, um, like, situation in Carolina where he can actually, like, develop as a QB. And I feel as though he's very – has good chemistry with all his players because he's actually connecting on all his passes. Him and DJ Moore have a connection. DJ Moore, yeah. watch out for him. He can – he can easily be a top-ten wide receiver in the league. Watch out for his name this season because through three weeks, his stat line is just crazy. DJ Moore, and, another 301 product. Mm-hmm, yep, he's showing up yep. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Carolina, the currently undefeated as well, and McCaffrey being out. Hey, 
Like, and they don't have a bad head coach either. Like Matt Rule, you know, he's new, but hey, he has experience. He has he has that veteran experience. So Carolina, I say they're a pretty fun team to watch this season for sure. Yeah, I I mean I really don't have any uh like big expectations from that game. It's, uh, as long as it's, it's like the Tampa game, as long as it's not a freaking blowout, you know? I mean, I kind of do expect us to win that game, but whenever we, whenever we play Carolina, it's just weird. Like it, it's always one of those weird games, kind of like how the, I feel like it's going to go how the Chargers game game is. It's going to come down to who is the most disciplined and I feel like it'll also come down to coaching as well. As long as McCarthy doesn't have any of those stupid blunders, you know, we'll be good. And it, and this is where, honestly, I feel like I'm the only Washington fan that did not lose their damn mind after we lost to the Bills because it's like, bro, number one, we were playing the Bills. Y'all do realize I mean, Josh Allen is. Y'all like, 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 bro, yeah, this is a, a Bills team that might end up in the Super Bowl and people around here acting like we just lost to the Jets or something. Like, that's number one. Yeah. Yeah, I wasn't two, expecting to win, yeah. <laughs> like, and, and, number, and number two, it's like, you look around the NFC East and Washington plays the easiest team this week. Like, Washington has the easiest game this week. We're in Atlanta. Like, we go to Atlanta. Cowboys are up against that Panthers defense that's like one of the best in the league right now. The Eagles, y'all gotta like Eagles, y'all gotta deal with Patrick Mahomes. And yeah, then, pissed off Mahomes too. Yeah, I know. And 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 then the New York football Mets gotta go to New Orleans. Jameis Winston will go off. Haha. <laughs> like, bro, if like Teddy Bridgewater went off on the Giants, Taylor Heineke went off on the Giants, and really they they held the Falcons to 17 points and still couldn't win. That should tell you all you need to know about the Giants. Like, if you hold the Falcons to 17 points and you still don't win that game, like, you, you honestly, like, you might as well just throw the season away at that point. Yeah. <clears throat> that's kind of, yeah, that's tragic. I'm like, mm. you played a good defense, but you can't execute offensively. Mm. Okay. <laughs> but, All about know. finishing drives, for real. That's why the Chargers are going to be dialless, because, like, they were – Thing is, that's why the Chargers struggle because they make so so many big plays, have all this talent, but sometimes they just can't finish drives. Like it ends in three points or it ends in like a three and out, like move the ball down the field and then just get stopped. So it's about completing drives, man. Some points on the board. And that's what we see with like LA, honestly. Like we question them, but I think the I think the Chargers are finally getting it together this season though for Justin Herbert because he's been falling out. So I give him his credit. Man, that coach, Justin Herbert. That mm-hmm. coach Brandon Staley might. Yeah, that that could listen. Remember that name, Brandon Staley. He might win coach of the year. Remember that name. I, that guy is he probably will, especially if the Chargers end up being the playoff team that we all think they will be. They'll be before that's happening. Yeah, with Austin Eckler, Keenan Allen. Shoot, now we have Justin Herbert falling out. I hope so. We're gonna make a postseason. Oh, oh he's the wild card. So <clears throat> the next topic, D, what is your biggest what if? In, is your biggest what if in sports, Darian? Yeah, sports. Okay, I just wanted to make sure. What is your biggest what if scenario situation? So was like that's one situation. Like if it went one other way, everything would be different. 
My biggest what if, honestly, just off the top of my head, what if RG3 never got hurt? Mm-hmm. I want to see. Because it's, like, yeah. it's like, bro, like that that would change a whole bunch of stuff like more than you, you probably think. Because if RG3 never get never got hurt, he actually might have lived up to the, poten- like, the potential and the expectations <clears throat> that – Washington fans and like uh, that we had for him because you see how that man was balling before the injury. That mm-hmm. meant like, like it was good enough to win rookie of the year. So like, so there's nothing saying he couldn't have like built on that if he hadn't if it wasn't for the injury, which slowly took away his mobility and and like that's what the injury did did RG three. Like it took away his mobility and. It turned and it basically turned him into kind of a pocket passer, which he couldn't be. He's he's not a pocket passer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah so, so, then, so, yeah. Then, so then if so, but then if RG three never gets hurt and if he pans out, then that means guess what? Now Kirk Cousins never gets his opportunity to start, and now he like now like Washington lets him go after tw- after the twenty fifteen season, no issue. And he does, and he doesn't get his bag with the Vikings. He doesn't get his bag with the Vikings because now he never had a chance to prove himself in Washington. So now instead of the Vikings franchise quarterback, he we're looking we might we might be looking at journeyman Kirk Cousins. And also, if RG three panned out, that means Washington never drafts Dwayne Haskins. Lord knows where he would have gone in this in this instance. This means Washington never. This means Washington never trades for Alex Smith. Which, oh, by the way, means the Alex Smith injury never happens. And and if you want to, and if I want to look at it from a Cowboys stand standpoint, that means y'all will probably win a division a lot of the times that, that y'all didn't. Which also means Jason Garrett probably would have been fired earlier. Than earlier he was earlier. Oh, yeah. Add, add Chip Kelly on that. Add Chip Kelly on that onto that mm-hmm. too because we don't because, mention that name. He got fired. <laughs> he we said we don't mention that name. That, 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 that man is bored. <laughs> that man might have, like, if RG3 never got hurt, that man might have only lasted one year in Philly. Yeah, for real. See, my biggest what if, it says, yeah, no, that's a good one, actually. I, I, my biggest what if, like, what if Andrew Luck, like, you know, never retired? Like, what if Andrew Luck turned out to, turned out to be the Colts, like, franchise, like, quarterback? Because if you look at the Colts right now, they're literally like a, a one good quarterback, like one actual just consistent quarterback away from being a playoff team, from actually being like, a, yeah, a really good playoff team. Because they were supposed to have like Andrew Luck, was supposed to be their franchise QB. You have all these like good, like these good um, offensive talents around the, uh, uh, you know, offense now. Like you have Naeem Hines, Jonathan Taylor, like Michael Pittman. Yeah, you still got, um, got Zach Pascal. Like literally, but Carson Wentz made a glass and now – you just don't have a your quarterback is in question, and Andrew Luck was just supposed to be that piece for Indianapolis. And ever since then, like he just randomly decided to retire, like in the middle of a preseason game. It's just been like you know, like a scramble for like a quarterback since it's just been like a, a struggle. So that's my biggest what if with like Andrew Luck because that retirement was just like so random, and we never got to see Andrew Luck at full form. And in Indianapolis, he was supposed to be like I was. He was supposed to be like that next franchise QB. Um, we were for Indianapolis after a. Uh, after Peyton Manning left. So it's just unfortunate with the whole Andrew Luck situation because Indianapolis actually has some talent, like, on that squad right now. They just literally don't have a quarterback. I mean, they had they had Phillip Rivers, who was way past his prime, did what he did last year. He actually didn't really too, do too bad, really, but 
he was out of his prime and that, that wasn't promise. He was just like that was like a retirement year for him. So yeah, that's my biggest what if. What well, if Andrew I, Luck like never retired, like would never like retire, like actually got the you know got his chance, man. Yeah. Well, I with that, like I would say more so, what if he didn't get hurt? Because Andrew, yeah, and that was part of it too. Yeah, because 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 Andrew Luck just had a lot of injuries, and then he he some with his kidney. And I think he had a punctured lung at the same time. And I think he was just, and I think he was just like, you know what, for my health, I'm just not, for my health and the way that he plays football. Carson Wentz and Andrew Luck play football the exact same way in which they play quarterback like a linebacker. Meaning (laughs) instead of sliding and bracing for hits, they're going to take it and they're going to take those those hits and try and like power through everything when they just can't when they just can't do that but I would say my biggest what if um I'm gonna go away I'm gonna go away from um well actually no I have two one is football one is basketball I always think about what if Malcolm Butler did not pick off Russell Wilson? Ooh, that how if they just ran the ball. You know what? Mm-hmm. That's a that's a good one. If Seattle just ran the ball, I mean, that's like still like really <laughs> that that yeah, what, definitely would have like yeah would have changed if, a lot. Yeah, what if Malcolm Butler like like, I feel like Seattle would have won that Super Bowl. Russell Wilson would have more respect on on, on, on his name because now he's a two-time Super Bowl champion. Yeah, two rings. And, mm-hmm. and this and this and this time he had more, you know, he had more to do with that Super Bowl win. Um I feel like I feel like Brady probably would still leave New England. But he probably would have left that year, or maybe like a couple years after. Um, I don't, I don't think. Like I don't think. I also don't think like the rift between Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson, even though it was a small one, or it was allegedly small, but um, I don't think it would be as bad as what it seemed like. I feel like Russ would probably get to have more say in what Seattle does. And they wouldn't be so teeter-totter. Um, and then my second one. And Sanford, you're about to get upset. Evan, you are too. What if I forget who didn't get that rebound? I want to say it was Gortat. What if Gortat had got that damn rebound against Atlanta? Yes, that nigga was pushed. You just had to bring that up that, for Wizards fans. That, <laughs> that, 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 that nigga was so funny. Hold on, hold on, hold on, Evan, 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 Evan. Before you go, the funny thing is, my what if was the Wizards one, but it wasn't even that one. It had nothing to do with that even entire series. But go ahead, Evan. 
that nigga, that nigga was pushed. That's all I have to say. I'm still pissed off for y'all for that series, bro. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. Man, man, man. Let me let me just get my what if out the way. This this guy to the left of me is funny as hell. But my what if when it comes to the NBA, what if John Wall never got hurt? Never got hurt. Yeah. Ah. That's a oh, good wait, no, no, no. Never... I, no I, I'm gonna I'm do you one better. What if Gilbert Arenas never got hurt? See. What if that gun no, situation? No, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. The thing why I didn't bring up the Gilbert Arenas. I don't think it was the injury. No, no, hold on, hold on, hold on. The reason why I never brought the Gilbert Arenas, those teams were never that good. Like, we were good to make the playoffs, but we were a first-round exit every time because we either kept running – we kept running into LeBron. We kept running into the Cavs every year. Yeah, so, yeah, so Gilbert, just, he was leaving Washington anyway. It was yeah, like, yeah. And it's like when it comes to the whole Gilbert thing, it's like, yeah, if he never got injured, they would have still been a competitive team. But, number one, the, in, Gilbert stays healthy. They don't get John Wall. They're never that bad where they get the number one overall pick. They probably don't get Bill. Yep, he would never came to DC. They probably mm-hmm. don't get Bill either. Like they probably still would have been asked for too much probably, money. They would have probably got a lotto pick, but they would have been at the top of the draft. So that's something why I don't really think about that because honestly, we'd be worse off now. I mean, we probably would eventually fail enough to where we would have got a top pick, but it's like <clears throat> that, that's that's when it comes to unpredictable. I don't want to yeah, go like the bottom would have fell out eventually. Yeah, 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 like yeah, for sure. Like we much. probably yeah. we probably would have ended up falling out like within the past few years, but just like, that's too unpredictable. That's, and that's so far back. Like that's two thousands that you can't predict what happens over the next 10 years. That's why I didn't think about that one, but the John Wall one is immediate because we know for sure if John Wall stayed healthy, the Wizards would have stayed a competitive playoff team because Bradley Beal was a rising regardless because in 2017, they both averaged 23 points. They both literally averaged the same amount of points. Like, Bradley Bill was going to come out. It's just the difference with John Wall being around. Bradley Bill doesn't have to go, you know, drop 40, 50 points a game for them to lose, and then they lose. No, he would have had somebody beside him. And John Wall is always the 2010 threat. He's always a threat to drop 20 points, 10 assists. So, John Wall stays healthy. We continue being the playoff team, and we probably continue to build on that because they're like, okay, we have these two stars. Let's continue to make moves. The front office is like, hey, we gotta make moves to keep making, making, making players be around this year. So the Wizards could possibly be in a Atlanta Hawks situation right now, where they basically have their core, and then they have a well-built team around that core. Because that's what the Hawks is. They have Trey Young. They built the team so well around him. They drafted well, make the right trade, make the right free agent signings. So we'd be Atlanta Hawks. We'd be basically a top four seed in the East by now, because number one. John Wall stays healthy. That contract doesn't look as bad, especially if he keeps ascending his game. <clears throat> he would have definitely developed a jump shot by now, because at the that reason back would have been dangerous to jump. I, I say that example with the mm-hmm. Lonzo Ball thing. Lonzo Ball came to lead. His jump shot was crooked as hell. It was disgusting. Like he had his hand in front of his face, and for <laughs> it's been like four years now. You know, he left LA. He was he's been in New Orleans, and New Orleans they, the shooting coach after helping helping him get his shot together. Now he has a legit jumpshot. Now Lonzo Ball is legit, a legit three and D point guard. So you give John Wall that time to be healthy. He keeps working on the jumper. By now he, I'm not asking John Wall to shoot forty percent from three. I don't know, but if he's shooting 34, 35, 36, that's incredible because then we have basically our backcourt is a threat to score from beyond the distance at any point. One of them is always going to be open. So. I feel like if John Wall never got injured, he's still being DC. 
we will definitely be a better team overall because even though we want to have God and maybe, you know, Rui or Denny or even Troy Brown Jr., we still would have been getting, we would have been drafting smarter. Could be drafted, okay, let's get more mature players that can fit with John Wall and Bradley Beal. Let's get some defensive wings. Let's get some good bigs. Like the team would have rounded out very well around those two as they both continue to ascend because <clears throat> I'm going to forever say it. In 2017, John Wall was the best point guard in the East. I don't care what no one says. He was the best point guard in the Eastern Conference. He was better than Kyrie. And I know that's a hot take. <clears throat> I know that's a very, very hot take, especially at that time. Everybody was loving Kyrie at that point, but he was better than Kyrie. So, and Bradley Bill was ascending on the shooting guard list anyway. So, Philip Bill, oh, you know, he would have held Bradley Bill back. No, they would have been ascending together, if anything. And Jawa even said it himself that, it doesn't matter who's number one. They both play off each other so well. It's whoever's open and whoever has the t- the best shot available. So I feel like, like I said, we'd be a solid playoff team. We'd be in the top episode of the conference. And we might actually have maybe made an Eastern Conference Finals, but I never know. <laughs> we never predicted Miami making it all the way to the finals. We never predicted yeah, that. Yeah, bro, bro, was different here. Yeah. And in 2018, LeBron literally muscle-bound carried the Cavs to the finals. Like, and then 2019, East was open. It was anybody's game. The East, the East was literally open. You're telling me we can't make at least to the Eastern Conference Finals when we were already ascending two years before that? Come on now. So, I definitely think that what if, if John Wall stayed healthy, the Wizards would have been a contender. They would have, they would have stayed ascending. They would they probably maybe would have plateaued at like okay Eastern Conference Finals team, but I'd say Eastern Conference Finals over not making the playoffs or fighting to make into the playoffs. Yeah, that backcourt would have been, yeah, been nasty. But then I got one more. I got one more. What if? And it's a baseball one. What if the Padres never traded away Trey Turner? Hmm. Because you, you got to realize, if the Padres never trade away Trey Turner, that means they never trade for Fran, Francisco, I mean, for, for Fernando Tatis, which means now he stays with Tatis, the White Sox. Yeah. And, now, and now the White Sox don't draft Tim Anderson. That would have been, yeah. And shoot, we would have seen Tatis, you know, with the in Chicago going off. And Tim Anderson, Lord knows when where Tim Anderson would have been. If like that trade didn't go down, the thing is, Tim Anderson might have been a Dodger. Come to think of it, Tim Anderson might have been a Dodger because LA was like the LA was the next that team to would, that would be the pain, man. <laughs> that that would actually the Dodgers, bro. You want to talk about an OP team? Yeah, unstoppable team. They had Tim Anderson right now. Yeah, you know, people would hate the Dodgers even more probably. <laughs> that would be fun to see though, but that that would be a good one. So NFL week two take away. Brothers, what are your takeaways? Bro, week, week, three take, week three takeaways. Week three, yeah, yeah. Week, like, bro, week like, bro. First, like, first of all, I tried to tell y'all that. Tried to tell y'all about the Panthers that Carolina was gonna be good this you past year. You brought it and, up, and and also and also try to tell people not to get too hype about the Eagles or the Steelers, and they both proved me right this week. See, I didn't get too hype about that. I was one of the Eagles fans that I, I literally was even saying myself that I don't expect too much. That's why, because the Eagles fan, granted, yeah, I was participating in the trash talk. That's an all fun and everything. Yeah, we're going to talk shit. But when it came to game day, I'm just like, bro, it's no point in me getting extra hype for the game. I was literally chilling the whole time. You know, I had work or whatever. I was like, bro, I wasn't going to focus. You know, I just saw that last half of the game, and the game was basically like 
well, it wasn't really determined by um, halftime because we're only down by, I believe, two scores. But other than that, they scored again. I was like, I told, you know, Eagles fans that day, you can participate in all the trash talk, but coming to game day, don't, like, go off, like, yeah, like, don't go off like a dickhead, like, expecting us that, you know, we're going to actually beat them because we weren't expecting a win on paper. That's why I've just been chilling. I was like, you know what? Kind of deserve this loss because the fans have been, you know, need to be humbled or whatever and, like, be come back to, like, realization, most of the fan base. There's only a few, like, like well, it's actually a, a good amount of Eagles fans I see that actually, like, make, that actually make logical sense, though. But I think the fan base as a whole just needed to be humbled. And Jalen Hurts, he wasn't even, like, you know, he he he's very mature as a player. I like Jalen Hurts' his future in Philly. Granted, he had one mid-game and the whole world goes off. Like, I knew it was going to happen. Of course, he's in Philly. One mid-game. And honestly, he's still – yeah, exactly. He still threw two touchdown passes. Granted, those two interceptions – those two sacks, yeah, that 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 was a bad look. But other than that, Jalen Hurts, he set himself in the press conference the loss. Most of it was on him. He took account to him taking accountability and not pointing fingers, like you know, to other players and like you know, making excuses. That's what I like to see because Hurts knows we have potential there. And we and honestly, our young core wasn't still is not looking too bad. Honestly, like Devontae Smith is out there looking like he wants it. Jalen Rager is like out is out there like he wants it. Where's Watkins underrated speed? He can go up and make plays. So yeah, we, we still put up 21 against a team that was way, like, of course, way better than us. And I told Eagles fans, like, I don't know why y'all expect too much, like, in this game, like, a, a Dallas team that's already pretty much set for, like, a front one paper for the, make, for the playoffs, and we're still very young, honestly. So, you know, I, that's why I haven't really been talking. It's like, you know, yeah, we lost. Brandon, I was pissed off. It's, it's Dallas. It's the Cowboys. Yeah, that always stings. We lost against the fucking Cowboys. We all know I hate the Cowboys, but it's just like, look, man, like, it, it's, it's a humbling experience. They... The Cowboys fans deserve to get their shit off. You know, they've been getting, you know, bashed this whole time by the media and everything. So, hey, like, let them have their fun. And, you know, we the season goes on. And, it, hey, we have to see what goes on from here. I can't wait to see just us going, moving forward from week three, honestly. Though, and, then, and then that's and my takeaway from week three. And my, yeah. my other takeaway from I ain't week three. Really much, my, my other takeaway from week three, honestly, I feel like people are putting a little bit too much stock in the Cowboys' win and Washington's loss because it's like, bro, let's face it. I'm not saying the Cowboys are not a good team. I'm saying the they Eagles still win. Yeah, the, the Eagles are not a good team. This defense, oh, yeah. this, the Eagles defense is not a good defense. So, mm-hmm. but so 41 points really ain't that impressive. And as for Washington, bro, they lost to the Bills. So, like the, the loss doesn't the loss does not mean that Washington is not. A playoff team, it doesn't. Yeah, they put a forty-one too. <laughs> it, it, it doesn't. It doesn't. Like, doesn't mean Washington is not a playoff team. It doesn't mean that they're not going to win the NFC East. It means they're not. The loss literally just means they're not a Super Bowl team. Pretty and much. Then, I mean. And then my last takeaway from Week Three, like, well, two of them. One, Matt Nagy needs to go now out of Chicago. Uh-huh. Let me tell y'all something. Let me tell y'all something. I'm going to get into that. I can get the, into the that. Chica- yeah, the Chicago Bears, as a professional football team, had 47 yards of total offense last week. 47. <laughs> 47. And then. You have to take some, some of those. Like, 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 turn, like the second I mean, stuff. I mean, that's ju- right. I mean, just I mean, some of that is on just. Nine times. Justin Fields is – I mean, some of that is on Justin Fields, yeah, because he didn't have a good game. But, dog, 47 yards of total offense, you can't tell me none of that is on the coach. 
That's number one. And you got David Montgomery. You got Allen Robinson. Like, what is going on, bro? Like, I, then, you really have to question some of the play calls because they got players, like, actual offensive talent. The Bears already have developed talent. It's not like they're a young team. Like, yeah, I I, I don't know. Chicago, then, they really do got to question Matt Nagy at this point and some of that play calling. And then, and then my last takeaway, and Sam, are you really going to like this one? Justin Tucker has the legs of Hercules. I mean, statistically, he he is like the best. He is like the best field goal kicker of all time, statistically. Like, if you look at the stats, he he is like that's not that an undeniable fact. Like, come on now. Like, I'm not even like I hate when people. Oh, you're sucking his, bro. If you've watched Justin Tucker as long as I have, I have all merit to say that he is probably he is the best field goal kicker we've ever seen because he's accurate. He hits bombs like this man's not casually doing 30, 40 yard kicks. Like not many people can do that. He even hit a 51 before twice. So I'm just like, oh, you're but I, I don't even listen. I'm like, bro, y'all not look at the stats, but he's the he fact that he, oh, and, like, and, 70 yard field goal was still able to hit the goal post is like right. impressive. Like almost exactly. a 70 yarder. One, like one, almost one, 70 yard. Yeah. One mm-hmm. more thing. One more thing. Let me sweeten it. This week, the Ravens play in Denver. And what is Denver known for? Mm, that, that thin because air. That thin air. That, that thin air, man. which means Ooh. the ball carries more on his field goal. The ball carries more weight, yep. <laughs> because it's higher up in the air. So, basically, when the ball is trying to come, gravity is going to come down harder. So, so then the show. Uh, the no, whole, no, 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 no. Nah, gra- gravity's gonna come to, like gravity's gonna be lighter. Of course, so the home run derby showed that. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. As, 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 as in, like, Justin Tucker could probably hit a seventy yarder in Denver. Yeah, you're right. And that's so, not even cap. So I, I I missed most of the first part of takeaway. So let me get my stuff off real quick because I've been waiting right, yeah, for this. Get off your chest. I've been waiting for it. You want to know why I've been waiting for it? It's not just that you had. I understand you hadn't really been talking shit this whole week. It has been since last year. The digs that you have put on the Cowboys, hyping up, you know, hyping up your Eagles. Although y'all know better, but at the same time, I pre, I, I, I'm not mad at you for hyping up your Eagles. All right, but you know, every time he has a little chance to throw shade towards the Cowboys, he does it. I'm not going I, – I, I still remember them times where we was talking in the group chat and you brought up the Tony Romo ribs, knowing damn well that hits too damn close to the heart. Okay? Uh, that, that was a straight, straight shot. That was funny as shit when I heard that. <laughs> but talking about, some, talking about some damn Tony Romo ribs. It, every, every chance he got to say something about the Cowboys, he did, he did it. He did it. And then the season was coming and then, up. <laughs> and then and then even even last season, he was talking, you know, he was he was uh he was uh talking trash before this before the first game and before the second game. Now when we lost the first game, oh he was going off. Then the second game came, he was talking shit before the um um before this um before the second game, but then we beat him and he's doing exactly with what um what um what uh, he's doing now. However, what what now what I'll give him is he did we both kind of just was just not saying anything about the game this whole week. I was like, I'm not going to say anything until the game is going on and until the game is over. And I've held it in. And I and I know y'all saw me going off on, on, on social media after the game was over because Eagles fans deserved it. 
And Mark, I'm not going to let you get away with this because this is the same dude who pulled up into this podcast, this very podcast, this time last week with Jalen Hurts running over some Cowboys player. Now, yeah, now, now, I don't want to hear you saying a word. If it ain't, if it ain't nice, don't say it. From now until week 17, when we play y'all again, you talk to us nice. Because ever since the, last, the end of the last season, you have been killing us. Have been killing us. And then week three, the first division game of the season, and y'all get mauled the way that y'all did. Now, I did kind of get nervous at the beginning of the game where y'all got that sack fumble. That just ended up in 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 them the end zone because for real for real, if it wasn't a touchdown it was going it was it was going to be a safety and even when that happened I was like okay we still got the rest of, we still got the rest of the game I think and this is what I was scared of for for um for um Philly you had Nick Sirianni preaching the Eagles Cowboys robbery wearing the beat Dallas hoodie and the beat Dallas shirt with the beat Dallas hat just 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 honing in on the rivalry, which I love, by the way. And I think I tweeted this. I said, I hope that he doesn't focus too much on the rivalry in itself and he forgets the game plan. And I really think he kind of was, was like 75% rivalry, 25% game plan, because they really had nothing. That 21, that, that 21 points, and even some of those passing yards that Jalen Hurts had were really are really garbage stats. They're really, they're really garbage stats. Um like you, Evan, like you like, like you just said, I am not gonna sit here and act like we're gonna win the Super Bowl after beating the stinking Eagles 41 to 21. I'm not gonna do that. Because, number one, they're the stinking Eagles. And number and number two, it's week three. We're only in week three. I'm not going to sit here and act like we are the greatest thing since sliced bread. Because we got a buzzsaw. Well, really, we should be the buzzsaw. Or however, or however you want to say it. Either way... It's a heavyweight clash coming up on Sunday against the against the Carolina Panthers. And we need to get focused on that short, short week. And we played an early game too. So we got to get focused on that. Um, but going away from the Monday night game, um one takeaway is through three weeks, the Rams are the best team in the NFC. And I know we're getting to that later. Um, the Rams are looking like the best team in the NFC that they will be sitting there at home in their, in their own stadium for the second year in a row. There will be somebody playing in their own stadium. And it looks like the Rams. It's only it's only week three. <clears throat> there's, there's 17 games. Anything can happen. So the Rams are looking great. Um, 
Big Ben Roethlisberger just needs to retire. I understand, like he wanted, like he didn't want to go outside. I didn't want Ben Roethlisberger to go outside, but the offensive line sucks. Ben cannot run. The defense is decimated by 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 injury, and the receiving core is maybe bottom side of top ten, middle of the pack at best. And you can't run the ball. If your offensive line is Swiss cheese, if you have fucking Stevie, if you have Stevie Wonder and Ray Charles playing, 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 playing in your offensive line, it's not going to work. And so I think Pittsburgh just needs to revamp that offensive line and this year just draft a quarterback. Draft a quarterback. Also give Cam Newton a call. I'm pretty sure he will answer. Ben Roethlisberger should have retired like two years ago. Right. And then, um, yeah. like, man, I'm sorry, Darren, because I was just gonna say the man's never been a mobile quarterback. He's always been kind of his size was his plus, and now he's older to the point he can barely move, barely has any agility left, and it's just the fact that, like you just said, the old line is horrible. So it's just like. They 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 need to sharpen up their, that quarterback, right? And that's coming from Ravens fan. I don't even like the Steelers, but just like just watching how Ben Libby is at the point now, he can barely even move. It's time to hang the boots up, big guy. You a Hall of Famer, man. <laughs> like, there's no need to keep playing. You don't need to prove nothing. So go ahead. And then I would like to also come on here and admit. Cause I'm pretty sure that for the last like two, three weeks, I've come off as a Lamar Jackson hater. And that's not the case. But how like, my, my biggest my biggest my biggest thing about Lamar is that he couldn't throw the ball downfield. And I just want to say I was wrong. Cause he was dropping dimes on Sunday. The thing about it is. That Lions game should not have gone to a last-second field goal because the Ravens should have been blowing them out because Marquise Brown dropped two, tu- dropped two touchdowns. Sucked for um, me in fantasy, but luckily he was on my bench. <laughs> oh, man. I love how you just threw that in there. But yeah, go ahead. <laughs> but, yeah, Marquise Brown dropped two tutties. So it should have been – Ravens by a long shot. However, I don't know what black cat is running through four field in in in, uh, in uh, Detroit. Detroit could easily, easily be two and one right now. Because granted, they were getting their asses whooped by San Fran in game one. San Fran let them come back, and they were this close to getting a touchdown in a two point conversion. And sending that game into overtime. And when it goes into overtime, you don't know what can happen. Dan Campbell has them, has, has those boys playing hard. They should have won on Sunday because the Ravens were really acting like they didn't want to win. They actually better thank their lucky stars that they even got a 66-yard field goal because damn it, the play before that should have been a delay of game. There should have been a delay of game. And I understand that that um, you know usually when the clock hits zero, they give you like an extra second. Lamar was standing there for standing there like this for about five seconds, and there was no flag. 
So there's that. And another one is do not there, – there, there are two teams I think people just need to chill out on. And people need to chill out on Washington because, as Evan said, they gave up they gave up 41 points and got blown out by the Bills. And they hung with them for a half. So give them credit for that. So they got blown out by the Bills, who really, you know, we've been talking about our Super Bowl contenders. They went to the AFC Championship game, could have won that game. And people need to chill out on the Chiefs. Just Thank you. Relax. Yeah, because Pat Mahomes just, is pissed off now. And they play us. Yeah. <laughs> what a uh, setup. I was, uh. was going to say, I, I, I mean, I was, uh, you, you know, before Evan said that, that y'all play the Chiefs, I was going to come in here and be like, luckily for the Eagles, they play a last place team. Only thing about that last place team is that last place team is the Kansas City Chiefs. But, um, but I just think, again, it's week three. Let's not completely overreact. That defense does not look good. And I do want to say that last year in the Super Bowl, the Bucks made the blueprint on how to beat Patrick Mahomes. <clears throat> All they do is they just drop two deep safeties. They play. They're playing. All, all you gotta do is, is just is just is just play a cover two. If you watch the Manning, if you watch the Manning cast, um, I want to say it was this past week, but the week before when uh, they were doing Green Green Bay and, and um Detroit, all you heard Peyton say is, "You see those two deep safeties? They're daring Aaron Rodgers to throw the ball." knowing that that's what they want, but they want Aaron Rodgers to, to, um, to um, throw the ball. Is he going to take the bait? Aaron Rodgers said, no, I'm just run the ball, run it, run it, run it, until I see single high man coverage, and y'all cover a little, and, and, and you know, y'all drop down a bit. Now I'm going to throw it over. Now I'm going to throw it um, um, over top of your heads. So for right now, all you're going to so for right now, all you're going to get is, is, Will run screens and will and will dink and duck passes. That's what Aaron Rodgers did when he got that look from Detroit. What Patrick Mahomes is doing is thinking, oh, well, I got Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, Miko Har Miko Hardman. I just throw I I I throw it up anyway. It's not like it's not like y'all can catch him. No. Nah. Cause you literally just have them just sitting deep. You can't go deep. Pat Mahomes can't be sitting here throwing bullshit around like he's playing Madden on rookie mode and think he can get away with it now. He can't. So now he has to adjust, which I think he will. Um, but with all that being said, we need to chill out on the Kansas City Chiefs. We do. I will understand if this was like week eight or week nine and the Chiefs defense is still giving up 30 35 points a game, but let them work out the kinks. Let them make some adjustments. 
and let's see how they go moving forward. Now, granted, this is not your grandfather's AFC West because the Broncos are three and zero. The Raiders are two and one. No, the no, the Raiders are still undefeated. The Raiders, yeah, Raiders are still undefeated. Yeah, yeah, the Ra- yeah, the Raiders are three and zero, and the Chiefs just lost to the Chargers. Where this is growth for the Chargers because remember last week I said that the Cowboys beating beating the beating the Chargers was something because this is usually a game that Dallas would find a way to lose. Last week was a game where typically the Chargers would find a way to lose. And some way, somehow, they won that game. So this is not your grandfather's AFC West. The AFC West, well, not your grandfather's AFC West. This is not your, I'll say, this is not your brother's AFC West. You know, these teams are pretty good. I mean, there's an asterisk next to Denver because they beat – who they beat up on? The Giants, the Jets, and who, like the Falcons or something like that? They they beat up on us. They beat up on a bunch of bad teams. Yeah, and so, they're facing us this Sunday, so they're, probably, they're definitely going to probably take another – Yes, so, so, so that's a – so – That'll be a test for them to see what they're really made of and they're playing against the Ravens. So we'll see about that. Um, Kyler Murray's still illegal. (laughs) We kind of need to – I think we kind of need to chill out on Trevor Lawrence as well because Peyton Manning stunk his first year and, and Peyton's been preaching that. You know, even Alex Smith went on went on TV and said he sucked his his um, rookie year. It's it's not like the NBA where you can just put these young players in and they'll make an impact. And they'll we saw with Justin make Fields. A difference. Mm-hmm. Well, here's yeah, the thing with Justin Fields. I was one of the ones that didn't think that Justin Fields even needed to be starting. Mm. I thought that from the get go. I didn't think that he needed to to um, be to um, be to uh, be starting. Sit back, watch Andy Dalton. You 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 have two good veterans that that um you can learn from, and Andy Dalton, who has won in the NFL before. Granted, he doesn't have a championship, but but she, but he knows what it takes to win a division, get to the playoffs, and win a playoff game. Although I don't think he's won. Although I don't think he's won a playoff game, but he doesn't play defense, so you can't really fault him for that completely. And um, and then you have Nick Foles, who's won a Super Bowl. So let him sit back and learn, at least learn from Andy Dalton. And then, you know, let him hold the clipboard and then build your team around him. The thing is, as you said, Mark, they have weapons, which they do. They have like tremendous weapons, you know, on offense. The problem is their offensive line is shit. And then on top of their offensive line being shit, Matt Nagy basically was like, how are you going to go on Ask Madden and you're choosing all the wrong plays? How are you going to do that? That's basically what Matt Nagy was doing. At least Nick Sirianni was doing that against the Cowboys, but he was getting some success from it. 
Justin Tucker kicked a 66-yard field goal. That's more yards through a field goal than the whole Bears offense had that game against the Browns. Mm-hmm. And that was good for me because I started the Browns defense on, 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 on fantasy. So big ups to the Bears. And <laughs> Matt I'd, say, I'd take that W. <laughs> also, shout out to Joe Burrow. Oh, yeah. Joe Burrow in Cincinnati because Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase, that, that's looking like a fun connection right there. Yeah. Jamar Chase, man, balling out right now through three and weeks. People have that's so all I got to say. say about Jamar Chase. Before the season even started. Season ain't even started. And they were talking all this wild shit about him. Exactly. And you're seeing Joe Burrow in his bag now. Hey, I'm excited for Joe Burrow, though, because finally seeing him playing, you know, playing pretty good. That goes to show Pittsburgh, honestly. And with that, with the week three takeaways, the AFC North is actually looking, like, competitive. Like, the teams, you know, the Steelers usually dominate the AFC North, but Oh man, Steelers are about to be the bottom of the barrel. They don't get it together because the Browns are an actual playoff team now. We have the Bengals who are like actually looks like having more like set, you know, actually have a quarterback that's healthy. Big Ben, he's not healthy, so he can't really run the offense. And we have Lamar Jackson of Baltimore. So Pittsburgh, y'all got to get it together before they can seriously be dead last in this division, which I wouldn't be surprised if they won't, if they do, if they do finish uh, last in the well, not last, but probably third place in the AFC North. Like just I'm um, ahead of the um, Cincinnati because Pittsburgh, yeah, man, big man. He made. I wouldn't be surprised if he retires like mid season at, at this point, like at some point, because his body. He has to think about his future, his livelihood after this. Well, it, doesn't, bad. it doesn't get easier for Pittsburgh. Granted, they're getting some guys on defense back, but the thing is, they got that. As Stephen A. calls him, that bad man Aaron Rodgers coming into Heinz Field. Mm. Woo. And, and Aaron Rodgers about sick of all the media hype. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers, he's like playing with a chip on his shoulder this year. Uh, Pittsburgh fans. <laughs> uh, I mean, I honestly don't feel sorry for the Steelers because, honestly, Steelers fans are annoying. So, it, it, it's like, you know, y'all kind of had this comment. You guys, the, the, you guys hype, you know, Always been on this pedal stool in your division. So, you know, just just sit back and relax and rebuild a mode. You better see how it really is. Gotta face reality, Steelers fans. I think Steelers fans really aren't facing reality right now with Big Ben. They're just hoping he can just play forever, but he's not ready. I I I seen a couple where they I mean they are, but like they like I understand like how like you have a guy for so long. You know, like Tom Brady. Tom Brady's on the Patriots for 20 years. You think he's never going to leave. And then he Probably leaves. Not. And then you see a guy like Big Ben. And, yeah, you don't want him to go. However, I think a lot of a lot of Pittsburgh fans are like, get Ben the fuck out of here. Because he's just – he's – He's a show of himself. He's just, he's old and frail. Poor guy. Yeah, it's up to him at this point. At this point, he's just playing like out of the heart instead of like, like just out of the heart at this point. Man. Like he's done his, like his, his name itself, like holds weight in Pittsburgh. Like he's done so much for that franchise. So yeah, he has really, he's not really going out sad to me. He just has to think about his livelihood to see him like, God forbid, it's seeing like a catastrophic injury happen to him and that ends his career, you know, that would be going out sad. So 
I just want to see him like hang it up before like it does get to that point. Honestly, this is football, man. So that's my like that's my biggest week we take away. Like the AFC yeah, North, man. AFC North is definitely changing up. Uprising, you know. And just like I said earlier, I'm just like Ben would be a Hall of Famer. Like it's undisputed. Like this let's just look at it. He's literally been the franchise man for the Steelers for a long time. And just like Darren said, you say for somewhere so long enough, you don't think they're ever gonna leave. But off of the many Pittsburgh, the few Pittsburgh Steelers friends I know and what I see on Twitter, they're ready for him to go, man. Like, it's time, man. Body not holding up yet. You don't want to ruin your health. You know, you got to think about post-career, man. You know, you don't want to be one of these players that they end their career and they can't do anything. And I just want to end it on that point because this one was kind of going on for a long time. It was a good conversation, but kind of going on for a long time. So we kind of got to cut off a few, but that's perfectly fine. You know, it is what it is. So, let's talk about coaches that are on the hot seat. Who do y'all think it could be possibly fired? Matt Nagy. <laughs> Matt Nagy. Matt Nagy. Well, honestly, out of all the coaches, he's kind of like the main because there's a lot of new head coaches in the NFL. He's like the main coach that's really looking like you know, hot in the hot water right now. It's Matt Nagy because that play not only – well. It's a lot of takeaways you can take away from that Bears game on Sunday. But, yeah, that play call was looking suspect. And he has been – also has had a lot of, like, suspect play calling as well. I don't think – Matt Nagy, he'll be better off as, like, you know, as, like, maybe an offensive coordinator, like, or somewhere. Not as actual head coach. Like, head coaching to me, I don't think is that good for, like, it's really for Matt Nagy. And honestly, honestly, with Nagy and maybe and maybe Mike Zimmer, like I don't really think anybody else is on the hot seat right now. And I throw out Mike Zimmer only because the Vikings are one and two, like one and two, and honestly, really should be like uh, really not that far from zero and three. Yeah, the Vikings they have way too much talent. They have, for all these years, they have way too much talent just to like not even do anything in the playoffs, even make the playoffs. So Mike Zimmer, here's, he has to be in question too. Yeah, here's my thing sure. with the Vikings, like. I was talking to someone about this on Twitter about a week or so ago. They are the most frustrating team in the NFL because they have the defense. They have receivers. They have the running back. Their old line is not that bad. Coach is not that bad. The quarterback is not bad. What else could you possibly want? Right. This is a good team. And Evan said that, um, you know, they could easily be 0-3. They could easily be 3-0. and Easily. A lot of those games, those games that they play could really go to, could have gone the other way. Especially those, especially that game against, you know, yeah, yeah, especially those games against Cincy and and uh, those 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 two losses against Cincy. Yeah, and, Cincy won uh, by field goal. Mm-hmm. They are a, they they really are a missed field goal away from being a game over a game over five five hundred and two and one. So I wouldn't say I wouldn't say Mike Zimmer. I mean, if they don't make the playoffs this year, I would assume that he's going to go. I would assume so. And well, I would something think, has to change at this point. Yeah, because it's been too many years now. And I would think that um, – who is it? Maybe someone like uh, – what's his name? 
I just had his name on the tip of my tongue and I just and I just and I just and I just lost it. I would say like Joe Judge, possibly. You know, possibly, you know, Joe Judge. Um that's all I can think of right now. Unless Miami says they're gonna try and get rid of Brian Flores, but I don't I don't think that'll happen. Yeah, I don't think it's been, it's been too early for Brian Flores. Yeah, he still has time to get it together. I'm trying to see Tua get healthy as well with his ribs. That's unfortunate with him. So, yeah, I can't really see too many other coaches on the hot uh, seat right now besides Matt Nagy. <laughs> Honestly. I'm really trying to think. Of, I'm, trying, I'm really trying to think. Yeah, like, like I mean, again, of course, Matt Nagy. I, I think Matt Nagy has been trolling the media ever since they drafted Justin Fields. Like, yeah, he's saying he's definitely now he's definitely saying, yeah, as long as Andy Dalton is healthy, he's going to be that guy. And now people are pissed off at him for saying that. But it's kind of so after that week three, yeah, he's, he's making sense now. Yeah, Andy Dalton needs to be the starting QB. <laughs> Justin Fields has a long way to go. And honestly, he just got his welcome to the NFL, really. In week three, so, but still, man, like someone has to change Chicago because you still you have the you have the quarterbacks now. You do have a stop. I mean, Andy Dalton, he is like he's a better quarterback to me than Mitch Trubisky. Like, of course, he can lead the um move the chains better. So now there's really no excuse, and for like weapons around him as well. So yeah, the Bears they don't get it together by like week eight, the halfway midpoint of the season, and they they say they're probably only like a three-win, two-win team by week eight. Matt Nagy, shoot, he's definitely going after this season, for sure. Big changes are coming in Chicago. Got the quarterback. Like, after we see this with franchises, you have the big – uh, you drop the big QB, the next franchise QB. So, therefore, some front office changes may have to go with, like, you know, coach changes have to go. So, you know, wouldn't be surprised if he's out because Chicago fans – like, the Chicago fans and just in general, they are just impatient. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Phillies. Actually, we know we're playing right now. Actually, let me look at the score because I was actually looking at the Yankees and the Blue Jays. I'm actually happy the Blue Jays are winning. Yeah, me too. But because mm-hmm, it's the Yankees, the Phillies though they just kind of sort of been disappointing me because literally with this close, we're two and a half games back. Huh? Scott shut out at this point. I, the Braves they did they got it. You know I'm not expecting nothing, and we're losing right now. So, huh? Hate to say it. Braves, congrats. <laughs> Give it to the Braves. I wish everyone's here for this, but yeah, they they so far they've been playing like really they've been playing good all year. And to see them still do good, I gotta give them credit what's due. To see them still do good with this uh, with Ronald Acuna, Acuna going down, my you know, and they're still like on like this hot streak. The Braves, it's only right they won it at this point. You know, the Phillies, we're not playing like we wanted. We had a good run in uh, over the past, you know, in August, running that hot streak though, but a little too late, and they did get this close, and it was exciting to see it get this close in the uh in the NLEs. But it was looking like the Braves like have it down pack now because we will basically have to win out. The Phillies basically literally went out to even get that. Uh, yeah, cause that y'all can't because y'all can't get the wild card because it's basically uh it's basically LA. It's gonna be LA and uh St. Louis and um the wild well. Whoever loses, whoever comes in second in the uh, NL West, and um, and the Cardinals, they're gonna, you know, they're gonna be in the wild card game. 
Um, this AL wildcard race is really shaving years off of my life, bro. It really is. It's so close. It's crazy. And like the Red Sox, hey, y'all been unpredictable. I'm not gonna lie. We just like, we we went on. We wore those those yellow City Connect jerseys. I, I fuck with those though too. Mm-hmm. We just we just scored again. But um, we we wore those yellow City Connect jerseys, and then just ran off seven straight wins. And then we go up against the Yankees and get swept. And then we lay an egg against uh against on um, Baltimore wow the Yankees win and now out the smooth cut here comes the Mariners you know, yeah like you know, sneaky you know the Mar- you know the Mariners won so it's almost like oh okay all right <laughs> you know we 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 kind of been we kind of just been what is it We've been slow walking like all, all um like all second half. And it's kinda kind of it's kind of sad. And it kind of and it also pisses me off because we it, it was one of those things where like I was talking so much shit about the Yankees. So much Yankees trash talk. And now we are what the Yankees were in the first half of the season. Just a little bit better, but we are what the Yankees were. Um, But I am hopeful because, I mean, granted, we have the Orioles. We have two more against the Orioles. Well, one more against the Orioles after after tonight. And then we have Washington. So if we can win tonight and win tomorrow, and if we can win two of three against Washington, we're good. And that's where I'm going to stop you because the Washington Nationals, we have one mission for the rest of the season. To make it so either we get the ass of baseball in the playoffs or the Seattle Mariners in the playoffs. And damn it, that's what we're going to do. For Vladdy, we are the team of the people. So he is going to win that uh, MVP, though, win the AO between, uh, like I say, Otani and uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Because honestly, with the Blue Jays, like in the playoffs, Vladdy, hey, I mean, he came up this month and, like, and is actually, like, you know, leading the Blue Jays on, like, a run, a postseason run. I, I say he um, deserves the MVP, the AO MVP. I wouldn't be mad if he got it over uh, Shoei Otani, even though Shoei Otani just been simply. He's just been amazing, though, individual. Man, it sucks how we have to, you know, how individual, you know, like performances and team performances, you know, kind of had to get separated in his own category. But, yeah, I, I say Vladdy well, deserves that well, AOMB. I was, I was talking to Smiles, and Smiles said if the Blue Jays and the Phillies make the, make the, make the playoffs, Bryce Harper and Vladdy, well, most certainly Bryce Harper will, will win NO MVP. But but um Vladdy will have a better case for MVP. But I heard another mm-hmm. take. 
where it was like, you can compare Vladdy and Shohei's numbers, and it does point towards Vladdy, but compare Vladdy's pitching numbers to to um, Shohei Otani's, and then give me your answer. And I just think the fact that we haven't seen anything like Shohei, we've seen nothing like Shohei Otani. I believe, like, I'm about 90% sure that he's going to win MVP in the event that the Blue Jays don't make the playoffs. Right. If they don't, yeah, it's only right it goes to the Shohei. But I think think it's going to be like, but with Vladdy, he's going to get the Fernando Tatis treatment where Tatis had a monster year last year and coming into – and coming into this season, you know, Tatis was seen as the face of baseball. Vladdy's going to get that same treatment, although Tatis is still the face of baseball. And if Bryce does not make the playoffs, Tatis is MVP. In my it's eyes, only right, yeah. Honestly, yeah, because the Phillies, we don't make the playoffs. I'm sorry, Evan. I know you would want to make a. I would know. I know you would want to make a uh, a stake for Juan Soto. But Nationals are just Juan, too bad. Uh, Juan, yeah. Juan, Juan Soto and Bryce Harper basically had the same resurgence in the second half of, of the season. The thing is, the Nats decided that they didn't care about winning any any anymore. And the Phillies just went on a tear. So for me, it's Tatis, Harper, Soto, and, and um the National League. And then on the and then the then in the American League, it's uh, Otani and Vladdy. Yeah, I think you just missed your good point about the NL League, but yeah, you you'll hear that. But yep, that's about accurate, really. Because honestly, this has been one of the best years for MLB. Seeing it, the competition is close towards the end of the season, like close to October. That's what you want in baseball. <laughs> The unpredictableness, and you, man. And you and you know, Smiles was saying this too. He was saying this has been maybe, at least in his lifetime, the most meaningful year for baseball. Because think about it, baseball's popularity is skyrocketing. It really is, man. And for me, shoot, all this apparel I'm buying this year, man. I'm me getting yeah. into it. Shoot. Yeah, ba- yeah, base, base, baseball's baseball's popularity is. Sky, it's skyrocketing, and you have basically Babe Ruth 4.0. Like this is this is Babe Ruth with the game sliders all the way up. He just happens to be from Japan, <laughs> and you have these tight division these tight playoff races these tight division races and the thing is there's not a clear cut there's 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 not a clear cut favorite to win the world series we can all we can all rip and rave about the dodgers all we want to i mean they built that super team but they had a super team in 2019 but i'm giants and no see but i'm giants though san francisco you got teams like 
like and 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 the thing is it's the meaningful it's like the not the meaningful teams like it's the big teams that are that are doing this it's it's the dodgers it's the giants um it's the yankees it's the red sox like the astros the cardinals like you have these big name clubs that are in these tight playoff races and for ba- and for baseball if you're the commissioner this is all this is all you can ask for and then at the same Honestly. time you know you got smaller clubs like Tampa and Milwaukee and hell even Seattle that are that are you know trying to make headway and try and you know are getting into the and are getting into the playoffs and then again the lesser and then the teams that didn't make it in the Cincinnati's and the and the and the and the, and the slam Diego's and say Toronto although I mean, of course Toronto has a chance like it's been a great year for it's been a great year for baseball, and I feel like with October is right around the corner, and it's only going to get better. Honestly, when it comes to playoff time, shoot, I'm loving it. Honestly, but one more question: Who? Because I guess right now it's just it's just it's just me and you. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> Who is your sleeper team to look out for this this October? There he is. Super, oh, he said super team. And uh, and, uh what are you talking about? Wait, hold up. What sport? This, this, the like with the playoffs coming up. Mm-hmm. Who is your team to look out for? And I'm back. So we still on MLB playoffs, right? Yeah, yeah, MLB playoffs. So yeah, I know to look out for my sleeper. Teams. My sleeper team. I'm. My sleeper team is probably going to be the Brewers. And mainly, and the reason why I say the Brewers is they're the one team in the National League that, like, nobody's talking about. Because yeah, I was going to say that. Because yeah, you, you got the Giants, and everybody's trying to figure out, A, how they took the NL West from the Dodgers. B, can they keep it up? And then you got the, like, the aforementioned Dodgers, where, where the common mindset about them is they're the wild card, but – they're still supposed to be like the best team in the National League. Then you got the Braves team. Like then you got this Braves team that's in the probably the closest race in the NL East. Although they could close it out in the next very very days. close. Yeah. Like like because because Atlanta's that team that could beat anybody in the in this league with their offense, but they could just as easily lose to anybody with that pitching staff. So that's the Braves, and then you got. That's a but, but then you, but then you got, the, and then you got this Cardinals team that just magically forgot how to lose. So like you got, you got all these stories, and then and then nobody's talking about the Brewers because Milwaukee has probably like the only only lineup in the National League who I'd say is better than Milwaukee is the Dodgers. That's the only one I'd say, and then as far as pitching staff goes, like the Brewers are probably the best pitching staff in the National League. So so Milwaukee very, very easily could be in this World Series. Yeah, no, it's funny you say that, Evan, because, like, I mentioned this a few, like, probably a couple months ago on a podcast, like, 
look what the Brewers are doing. Like in July, the Brewers are just on a tear. They will look like one of the best teams in baseball for like a small Milwaukee, you know, a club team, like for like a small market team like that. They were just like under the radar, but just still going off. So, and I wouldn't say, I kind of maybe was a hockey to say, for me to say, you know, there were a go to the World Series. But honestly, I, I mean, that that's my sleeper team as well, though. I don't think they're actually going to be in a World Series, though. But how they're playing in July, I, I would say that would be my like my sleeper team as well. Because Milwaukee, they, they're still wanting like a good tear, honestly. And it's just the fact that it's a small market and is in Milwaukee. And of course, you have like the big names on like the big market teams in baseball as well. Um, like coming to the postseason and it's like a very like tight race. So I guess not the media and everybody doesn't really see Milwaukee to be like that threat to really just, you know, blow the competition. But yeah, I, I can't sleep on Milwaukee and what they've been doing at all. So yeah, that, that was, I was going to say the same exact, the same exact team because I mentioned how good the Brewers were under the radar, like back in July when they were just like been on the tear, like really all season. So yeah, that's pretty interesting. Well, y'all both. But I don't see him winning the World Series, though. I'm not wondering. I don't see him winning the World Series, though. I still don't see that. But yeah, y'all both said Milwaukee, which is who I was going to say. But since I don't want to say the same, Ironic. Thing, <laughs> I don't want to say the same thing as the both of y'all. As much as it pains me to say, you want to know who you want to know who has been sneaky good. The Astros. And oh, no one wow. has talked about them. It's the, the Astros uh, have been sneaky good, dog. Haste to give them credit, though. It's like, Yo, damn, why are they so good? I, 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 I they don't deserve the pain. this. I they don't the deserve this. Like, That's what you said. Because <laughs> why are they so good? They just can't lose. Like, literally, all the highlights, like, bro, the Astros are still winning. I mean, they still have that same squad that they had from years ago. I mean, people want to talk about the cheating, but they – Damn, sure could have won the World Series without cheating. Hey, dude, and basically the Astros are showing like basically the Astros are, like shutting up the haters now and saying, "Hey, look, this is what we're doing. Look, let's shut out all that talk." And really, it's good for the Astros organization to throw all of that out because, like, I say, it's a better looking organization now because now they're showing how good it can be without you know the cheating and of course the MLB cracking down on all pitchers now. Astros done made a whole. <laughs> I mean, thing with that, like, so. I mean, they, uh, I mean, hate they to still. Say, man. I mean, they still got. No, I think. Uh, one of the either Verlander or Granky got hurt and they're out for the year. It was Verlander or Granky. Because pitching staff because Granky's tough. Their pitching staff is is not bad. They still have Altuve. They they still got Alvarez, uh, Correa, and they have a couple other guys. So I can't think of their names right now. Bregman, but they still have that core. And their manager is Dusty Baker. I root. I, 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 I always. I always root for Dusty. Ever ever since he came to Washington, I've always rooted for Dusty. So the Astros is a team that we have to look out for. And also, we talk about them, but we don't talk about them. The Rays. Oh, Tampa Bay. We don't. We don't. We don't. We don't, we don't, we don't talk about the Rays. And the Rays, they've been winning. Like, like, mm-hmm. like the Rays are the Braves. Actually, no, the Rays are the American League version of the Brewers. That's literally what the Rays are. So I would say it's under the radar, yeah, small market yeah. under the radar, but still just winning, like just playing lights out. Yeah, like they came out of they came out of nowhere 
and took the Red Sox AL East lead. And then Evan also mentioned the Cardinals, and he said that all they've done is win. The Cardinals have 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 these MFs have ran off seventeen straight. That's wild, though. Like and basically, and basically took the second wild card spot from the from 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 uh from uh the Padres. They basically said, "Give me your ring. It's mine." And the Padres looking dominant. It's such a Padres because San Diego, they were one of the big powerhouse teams up there where like San Francisco and the Dodgers at one point now. It's like they're slipping, man. Like the Padres used to kind of slip in. Because all of the target, because all of the targets that the Padres were going after on the trade dead dead deadline ended up going to ended up going to the Dodgers. They wanted Trey Turner. They wanted Max Scherzer. Then they wanted another pitcher. They didn't get any of their deadline targets. The same with the Red Sox. The Red Sox yeah, were doing the same thing. The Red Sox were, were looking to bolster their bullpen. We're looking for another starter. And we just got another bat, which, I mean, I love Schwartz to death, but you don't really need them. I mean, we kind of need them now because we got people hurt and out because of COVID. You know, people have kind of, kind of come back. But, but like, we really need pitching. And, I mean, the, the, the Padres really lost their season at the trade deadline because the Dodgers went and got basically everyone that they wanted. So... Kind of sucks for them, but they'll be all right. More reason for San Diego to just hate the Dodgers. Honestly, even more, yeah. <laughs> and it, yeah, but Tatis, you know, and what he's been doing, like I give him credit. He's just had an amazing year. Like really give credit to him. Like no matter what the Padres doing, you know, going here from here on out. And it's kind yeah, of, man. and it's and it's kind of a, it's kind of a shame because I look at the I look at the I look at the NL West, and it's like you have. You have the the Giants, the Dodgers, the Padres. Like they're all kind of contenders, and then you have the Rockies, who are just spoilers, and the Diamondbacks are just there. Yeah, right. They're just they're just they're just here for the vibes. They're just like, okay, we understand. We're like that, like 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 they're the punching bag of that of that division, and it's and it's. And it's kind of like how in the AL East, how you how you have, you know, the Rays, the Yankees, the Red Sox, the Blue Jays, and then there's the Orioles who are just there. Everyone just fucks the Orioles. It's like, yup, it's just poor Orioles, man. Nice it's ballpark, though. The ballpark I mean, is not bad, but... <laughs> they have a very, actually, beautiful ballpark. The ballpark is not bad at all. But it's just the team is just not good. <laughs> like, the team is it, shit. The team is trash. <laughs> I mean, that like, could be worse. They could be the Marlins. So <laughs> another team with a beautiful ballpark. Just <laughs> yeah, man. But I can't Bro. say too much because the Marlins definitely this, did beat this, the Phillies this, a couple this, times. This man Darian just went from like the dumpster can to being inside the dumpster. I'm like Jesus Christ. <laughs> like golly, but. I don't even know that much about baseball. 
But I know the Marlins are fucking garbage. <laughs> like, God. Sweet uniforms, nice ballpark, man. That's all I got to say. Love the jerseys, love the ballpark. Mm. For sure, man. It's just not that, just not that really that team right now, though. Yeah. Alrighty. So, did y'all talk about the wild card games? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we, yeah, we, we did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we did that. And y'all talked yeah, about we not, the... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. We basically... Yeah, basically did the whole football and baseball side, right? A- MLB. Yeah, yeah we didn't yeah. lose in our bag with the MLB. Okay, one. so let's, yeah. just, let's just go to this NBA vaccine nonsense. You know, in fact, looking at the time, we're going to end it with this one. We're going to do basically last one. We're going to do quick lightning round. So, if, if everyone hasn't been paying attention, NBA vaccine soccer. So, players are coming out saying, okay, yeah, I took the vaccine for this reason players that's up i didn't do it for this reason and now a lot of the team the not even just the teams just the cities of other teams are like yo so nobody is doing any performance like nobody no athletes could be able to perform without taking the vaccine like for sure san francisco and new york, new york. They're the two, yeah they're, they're the two ones that's very very heavy on it so we have two exact cases when it comes to that because andrew wiggins tried to get exempt you know he tried to fill out that religious exempt paperwork and they said um yeah you could get the fuck with me with that shit that they blocked that <laughs> oh, that's to, what? to, yeah, to the seventh row that's, that's basically what? well that's what they did <laughs> they, they looked at shit and said um yeah, buddy, we're not gonna give you an exempt because you we gotta exempt you, we gotta exempt everybody, and you're not yeah. that special. Hell no. So Sorry it was like, listen, Andrew Wick is mad as hell. So basically, he's cannot play no home games until he gets the vaccine. And won't get paid for him either. And, and won't, won't get, paid. get paid. And the same thing with Kyrie. Kyrie's like, I don't want to take it. They're like, cool. We're not forcing you to take it, but just know there's consequences for your actions. You know, um, yeah, you're not gonna play any. You know game what one of them consequences winning. is? You wanna know what one of them consequences is? What? Having having Ted Cruz and his squad pull up to your tweet and say they agree with you. That's a consequence. <laughs> no bull, man. They, that, was, they, that was funny. They pulling up deep, they pulling up 45 deep in them F-150s. <laughs> I'm dead. 45 <laughs> deep in the F 150s. That's a, such 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 right, a good sequence. It's right, like a little right. Wayne Barber. Pulling up in the tractor. <laughs> <laughs> you got Vardy over here tripping. We got man, the bro. trucker ants. We finally, <laughs> this man, bro, this man finally found the trucker. He's been looking for that drink for months, bro. Glad to hey, see it, bro. Hey, somebody go tell that boy Earl. Oh, God. Hell no. Man, man where Earl at? <laughs> we, we don't need Earl on here, bro. It's all enough get, foolishness. We're going to get the trucker ass together. We're going to go mud. <laughs> <laughs> I'm dead. It's about to say mud. I'm dead. So... <laughs> Hey, I was just at the studio with that with that boy Earl. He dropping his new hit. Hit, hit, Shango. I love me some bear. He oh, found yeah. a hit. He finally started riding that jump, but not bear, bear. Hold on. I said hold, bear. Hold, hold on. Let me get into character. Y'all motherfuckers still dropping that dumbass track? Yes, we dropping that goddamn single boy. No, stop it. Stop it now. I love you so <laughs> Bruh, when they sucked that shit to me in the car, bro, I was crazy. Crying, laughing, bro. I was like, "What Love is this nonsense, so bro?" I'm like, "What in the Florida Georgia line is this, bro?" I was like, "What?" Hey, don't come from Florida Georgia line. I just don't did. do that. I just did heavily. <laughs> They're fucking, not good. They're not that good. To you me. fucking 
You fucking fucking nincom poop. Yes. You can say what you want. I will never say they're good, bro. They're not good to me. And I'm not even I a just, country music I listener. I understand. And they're trash. Like, bro, I, I listen to them. Yeah. Back. But um, anyway, back on topic. So basically now we have a saga of players coming out and saying, yeah, you know, like LeBron came out and other players too. They was like, listen, I took it because it was the best action for me and my friends and my family. I didn't want any craziness going on. It was just a smart decision, which I respect. But what I hate now that I'm seeing on Instagram, people, oh, why y'all coming out now? Why y'all come out months ago? Blah, 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 blah. I'm like, yo. Relax. Because it's not that deep, number one. Let it be. Stop being everybody's business. Everybody takes the vaccinations for different reasons. Everybody doesn't take the vaccinations for particular reasons. Right. You have a choice. It is a choice. It is not, this is not the fucking Holocaust where they're freaking pulling niggas off the street. Yeah, you know, it's time for your vaccine and sticking shit in your arm. Like, no, they're not. Yeah, like forcing, yeah, doing some crazy like, shit. No, they're, be they're, wild. They'll be a riot. <laughs> mm-hmm. Can you imagine, like, niggas Can you imagine y'all just, like, driving down the highway? <laughs> And the police fucking block up the highways. Anybody that hasn't been vaccinated, you got to get out your cars right now. <laughs> Some World War Z shit. I was like, yeah, bro. <laughs> that would be wild as hell. I'm like, what the fuck, bro? bro I don't blow the shit on me if I was driving. I was like, are you serious? I was like, yeah, bro. bro. I would have not even react in that situation. I, you could just sit there at this point. <laughs> we need to see your... Va- Mind you, there's places that already do this. Yeah, we need to see your vaccination card. Like, there's already places that do that. But, like, imagine you chilling. You mind your own minute. You driving home from work. And the police fucking block off the highway. Say, yeah, um, yeah, we need some vaccinated cars, as you know, we gotta pull you out. And yeah, it, it's time to get the shot, man. We ain't playing with y'all motherfuckers no more. We gave y'all enough time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's some third world country shit. And some countries really are like bro, that. That's, about, that's some yeah. Mexico type shit, bro. No Philippines, bro. That's kind of like the Philippines. Cause literally, when the pandemic just happened, the uh, Philippines prime minister said, "Yeah, so if you you go outside during this quarantine, yeah, you're getting shot on sight." He literally yeah, I read, said, I read that, about bro. that. I read about that. They, they was real like the countries don't play, people, man. But they was arresting people. <laughs> America, be blessed in America. We have right, freedom. Yeah, rights. We have rights and freedom. <laughs> rights as human, humane rights. rights. Some right. countries, man. like some don't get. But they real life was out here arresting people just because they was going to work. Right? I was like, bro, that joke was funny. I was like, yo. That's crazy. Like they have to go to work. They're like, they're like literally. What was that term everybody was using? What was that term? Jesus Christ, my head is going spinning. Important employees and stuff like that. Essential employees. There you essential, go. Essential, yeah, essential yeah, workers. Essential. Yeah. Like it was mm-hmm. essential workers, and they were arresting them because they were out too late. Like it was crazy, bro. I'm like, yo, that joint. Like America, they would never let that fly because everybody would start going crazy. Yeah, I re- I remember when I was working at Best Buy, they were um. They were trying to like give us little like we basically what they gave us little like the paperwork, right? Yeah, I guess like paperwork documents, like, like yeah, yeah, like basically like a little hall pass where if we got pulled over, we could just show it to um the officer and be like, Yeah, I'm just coming from work. In fact, yeah, I think even Mark came with me one time to work and we were out like late as shit. Like <laughs> remember it was that one day it was crazy where I had like oh, an yeah. insane mm-hmm. amount. And I sure I said, bro, the police come over, bro, just pull out that paperwork, bro. We good. Like, yeah, we had mm-hmm. the same thing, bro. Like, I we had that joint, you know, they were like, hey, man, I'm a delivery driver, bro. Like, I know it's like 7 p.m., but I had like 100 stops. You got to give me mercy for that. They were like, what? Right. Like, I'm a what? Until <laughs> I got pulled over, bro, in the van, bro. That's what made this shit crazy. In the van, bro. The feel was like, yeah, you good? I'm like, bro, I'm literally coming from Montgomery County, and I just had like 
80, 90 stops. He was like, bro, I feel you, bro. I'm going to let you know. I'm like, yeah, man, I'm having a rough day. <laughs> so, yeah, like, best leave. If y'all were out during the time, like, last year, like, so y'all complaining about this year. 2020 was horrid. Like, yo, there was no traffic on the highway. There was zero traffic. I remember literally going to work, and I'm coming back in Silver Spring at 5.30 p.m., and there's no traffic, bro? What? <laughs> Beautiful. Beautiful. That's unheard of, honestly. Beautiful yeah. life, man. Like, Silver Spring, I'm literally coming from Bethesda. Bethesda, bro. At 5.30, and there's no traffic? Shit was great. <laughs> but, yeah, it's like, it's just funny how certain countries treated COVID completely different, which I feel like we should have actually done that because we'd be in a better place. But I'm not talking about that today. So the crazy thing that's happening now, like I said, I brought up the Andrew Wiggins. I brought up the Kyrie situation of where, you know, they're, if they're not going to be able to play home games, they're not going to get paid for those home games. So they're losing probably half the money, half of their contract for the year. Yeah, half that. That's, mm-hmm. that's Fuck that, bro. I just get it just because that's too much money to put on the table. I'm sorry. Like, especially the people that would tell, like, bro, this man, Edgy Wiggins, has a $33 million contract. Kyrie has a 36, 37, like, nearly $40 million contract. Like, you're telling me Big you're going to you're you're yeah. lose, you're willing to lose 20 to $25 million because you want to be difficult, bro? It's not worth it. I'm sorry. It's just simply not worth it. And I get it <clears throat> because now we have this whole war between vaccine unvaccinated everybody has their reasons every day something new it is it happens it's been happening every day for months ever since now they're pushing it because now they're pushing little kids to take it which i don't Mm. think that's very smart and now they have even old like even like 65 to 70 year old people that got the boosters for them and I don't think that's the. I feel like that booster's kind of rushed. I don't yeah, know. I wasn't a booster particular. Rushed. I think that's rushed. I definitely don't. Rushed. Yeah. I would not all. trust that at all. Mm-hmm. Like, what, yeah. Like, I don't care how advanced. It's just like, all right, like two, two, two. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you're two shots. Yeah, good. But that boost, okay. Just let me, let me see. I've been good with these two shots. Let's just see how, you know. Yeah, man. Boosters, and I, don't <clears throat> I, I don't think this is even going to be the worst of it. I think we're just seeing the beginning of nastiness because me and. Somebody else, fan of the pod, appreciate you for listening. She knows who she is. We were talking about the whole the potential government shutdown. I think I put it in the Tangman chat yesterday because it's something that a lot of people are not talking about. Because basically what happened, Senate passed a bill where they're basically trying to set the limit to lower the deficit because America's running out of money. You know how, like, for the past year, basically, we've been having, like, corn shortage, money shortage, and everything. It attributes to that. So America's basically running out of money to print. So they're trying to find a way, okay, let's lower the deficit so that we would be able to set time to print more money so we can pay off what we need to pay off. But the Republicans and the Democrats are kind of going back and forth. They're not make, able to make a decision. So literally, basically, by Friday, which is the first, mind you, if they don't make a decision, there's going to be a temporary government shutdown. So it's just one of the things It's like... <clears throat> We're seeing the effects of not only COVID, but just our current society. It's messing a lot of things up. And I feel like it's only the beginning because it's been a lot of fuck shit going on, man. It's just crazy. You know, just thank, thank, thank the Lord or whoever you see as your higher power that every day you have a house over your head. You have a car to drive. You have a job because there's people out here losing the job, losing their property. Everything. It's ridiculous. So... <clears throat> 
what is you guys' opinion on where this could be headed in terms of like the NBA rules? Because I'm pretty sure San Francisco, New York are not the only cities that's going to place this hard. Oh, yeah. If you don't get the vaccination, you're not performing. Well, I think what the um, NBA should do is kind of similar to what the NFL is doing, where if you don't get vaccinated, it, it, it's kind of like somewhere like, come back to me so I can get the so I can get the rules right, so I can get the so I can get the. Yeah, right. you go ahead, Mark. No, like no, yeah, because yeah. Also, luckily, Bradley Beal, he's luckily the Wizards aren't really mandating this because Bradley Beal, he's also. And an anti-vaccinator. He kind of cleared up his comments, but he's not vaccinated yet. He's still kind of in question. So luckily for him, the Wizards in, in D.C., they're not really mandating that for the home game. So it was another one. He ain't, like Because Kyrie, Andrew Wiggins, they're not the only players. Because 90% of the players, so that 10% of NBA players, there's still a lot of them out there that are anti-vax. And, we, and we're probably going to see more and more of it coming, like probably hearing their names more. It's the fact that Andrew Wiggins and Kyrie, you know, too, like, like big names and like you know and like for like significant teams and everything hearing about them like coming out and they're at the actual two teams that are two cities that are actually requiring you know players to get vaccinated they're taking this thing very seriously like bradley bill is kind of like catching a break with that playing in washington so nba players basically if uh, it's different times man they had adjusted the times and they you know went the full bag and went to like fully perform in the league and you know really it's a really like a, they earned their way in the NBA is really a privilege playing the NBA and when you're still with their millions just got to take you got to take do what you got to do to you know have everybody protected and yeah and keep everyone healthy you know it's more like the bigger picture if like that's your own personal decision okay then you just have to you can't play you know you can't fully perform man simple as that it's for a reason and from both sides it's like I can understand but it's just unfortunate for like the unvax it's like yeah man if you're not trying to like protect the others around you then granted you think you're fully protected but if you're not trying to like stop this from spreading then yeah you shouldn't be able to like to have this opportunity yeah man, that's just me on that because this virus is real and we're just what trying to think? like put a nip to it to go get back to normal man and these are the steps we have to take well the thing with um because i just kind of just skimmed through this article but um one thing i want to say before i even get into it is difference between the NBA and the NFL is with the NFL like you play a game one day out the week you know so so that is true yep so you so 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 you know I'm you know I'm the Eagles well no yeah I'll just use the Eagles I'm the I'm the Eagles I'm at home against the Chiefs in Philadelphia. And I probably won't play again till next Sunday. And say, I think I know y'all have the Lions come come coming up. I don't know if it's next week or, or not, but I'll just use this as an example. You know, say next week you're flying to Detroit to play the Lions, but you won't have to fly out to Detroit until Friday or Saturday. Usually they leave the, the day, you know, the day before. So you're not doing the constant travel that is the NBA where, where we could be playing for the Wizards and our first game is here in D.C., then tomorrow we're in Toronto, and then the next and – then the, and then we got to get on another flight and go to Philly, and then from that flight 
we're going to Cleveland, you know? So I think what the NBA should do is like be more strict with the testing for unvaccinated players. And I mean, there was already strict testings and stuff like that. Like they would test before, um, like before practice, after practice, um, before games, after games, before they get on the plane, after they after they get on the plane, when they leave the hotel, they were testing a lot. So continue those strict testing mandates for you know the unvaccinated players, and just be like, yeah, you probably got tests like maybe like once a day, like when you get into the facilities, like right before you get into the facilities, you got you got to take a test. Um, but I think like in terms of breaking protocol for unvaccinated player, like, cause in the NFL, like if you're vaccinated, there are really, there really are no protocols for you, mm-hmm. but you can kind of roam free. You know, you can do just about whatever you want. However, if you're unvaccinated, you still have to abide by the by the COVID protocols that were set in place last season. And I think it was like, if you break protocol once, you know, of course, I think uh, you miss five days and you have to get two negative tests within those, within those five days. Um, and then you just miss, you know, and then you just miss that game, which, you know, you're probably going to miss, you're probably going to miss the game. Most of the guys that are in COVID protocols, they end up missing the game. If you do it again, then, you know, you miss the game and you don't get a check. If you do it a third time, you know, and say you do come negative and this, that, and the fourth. Well, now we're going to suspend you for multiple games and you're not getting paid. And just keep it going. Like, kind of like how, like, the disciplinary actions, you know, for when you're at work. You know, if you come in late at certain times, you call out um, on a certain time, you do something on the, you, you know, you do something that you're not supposed to do. There are steps that they take before they fire you. And that's basically what the NBA should do in terms of players not getting vaccinated because, like, again, it's not like the NFL where, you know, you're really only going to be traveling, you know, like twice a week, if that, depending on, you know, you know, you probably have a home, you know, you probably have two, three home games in a row. So, you know, so it's different for the NBA with that, where, you know, you're constant, again, constant travel. You're in a different city like every other day. So, I just think they need to just be more strict and actually put like consequences, like real consequences. Cause that's kind of what, that's kind of what we're doing now. Like, in the actual world is like like how like like how you said we're not gonna force you to take the vaccine 
we recommend you do it. However, there are consequences that you will have to face if you don't get vaccinated. You can probably not be able to go into a restaurant with your friends because you're not vaccinated. Or going that's to already a, a thing. That's already because a thing. Yeah, they, <laughs> I, I know they do that. They're doing that up in uh, New York. I don't know where else they're, they're, um, they're um, doing it. But you may not be able to go certain certain places if you don't have that vaccination card. And then, you know, you catch COVID, there's a greater chance of you to, to get put in ICU and, and God forbid, pass away from COVID. So you're literally making a life or death situation. Like you're playing, like, like you're playing with fire if you don't get vaccinated, basically. Yeah, at this point, mm-hmm. yeah, it's really yeah, like, like NBA. I'm, oh, my bad, Evan. Yeah, and, I'll let you and, know. And that's really what a lot of people are missing here, like because the unvaccinated. I mean, the unvaccinated, and I don't like they look at the vaccinated people and think that that we think we're better than everybody. And it's like, no, like we're t- like, only thing we're saying is we're tired of this pandemic and we just want your dumb ass to get the shot. <laughs> like that, that's, that's all it is. So basically, like, so basically it's like, it's like, um, dang, what was I about to say? Um, so back to these NBA players and I'm gonna go to Aaron Wiggins for this. It's like, he he was in that press conference saying I'm gonna stand up for what I believe in, and then the reporter asked, like reporter asked him, okay, what do you believe in? And you know what Andrew Wiggins, what Aaron Wiggins said? Andrew Wiggins, yeah, what did you say? Andrew Andrew Wiggins said that's none of your business, and it's like, bro. <laughs> And, and honestly, I'm, he's I feel, funny as shit for that, bro. He is funny honestly, as shit. <laughs> and honestly, I feel like that's how a lot of the mindset, a lot of like the uh, unvaccinated are like they they feel they feel like like they feel like they're fighting like a noble like fighting for like a noble cause and a worthy hey, goal. But basically, saying like, leave me the fuck alone. In, <laughs> that's but what he said. But in reality, <laughs> but in reality, a lot of them really just don't know what they're talking about because it's like, bro, like. I don't know what they think a vaccine does, but like, I, I feel like one of the biggest misconceptions is that they don't know the difference between a vaccine and a cure. Basically, a vaccine is what you take before you get sick to stop you from getting sick. A cure is something you take after you get sick so that the sickness goes away. So that that's the difference. And also, and also they they point out the whole oh you can get vaccinated and still get COVID like get the Trump guard like the vaccines don't work. Actually, again, what vaccines do is they train your body to fight against COVID, like to fight against viruses, in this case, COVID, for years to come. And not only that, but, bro, the vaccine actually don't stay in your system that long. Like, your, your white blood cells find it and, and off it pretty much on site. Like, this whole process is over in, like, hours, if that. And there goes I feel totally normal, specimen. man. And there goes your sign from from uh, the zebra king. The zebra king. DMV zebra king, that is. <laughs> zebra Kang. Kanga. That's like what it's not. <laughs> but nice conversation about that. But we're about to close off with some music topics. That's some quick hitters. Oh, quick yeah. Uh, album of the year. Yeah, album of the year. Honestly. Okay. I'll, oh, yeah, let y'all go. Mm-hmm. Honestly. 
I'm gonna say Big Keem got that. I'm gonna say you know, I haven't listened to it. No, I can't even say that because I haven't listened to it though, but I know. It's pretty he good. Is like fire as an artist, yeah. It's pretty good. It's pretty I'm gonna good. say this. I'm gonna say the off season. That was my favorite album of the year. J Cole. You know the what? It, that's a strong content. Like I kind of go back the, and forth between. We those can talk two. about Donda and CLB, Certified Lover Boy, but the mm. off season J Cole. That that that's my that's personally my favorite. What like you can call it like okay the best, but like we said, we heard so much from like same yeah. stuff from Dre. We already had the conversation about Drake and everything. Gave him his credit. Donda was different. But Kanye West, his style is just not my favorite though. J. Cole has like had that pure rap, you know, that pure rap, you know, vibe to his album consistently throughout. It's not one bet. Honestly, it's not one skip one the offseason. I would say I, I would like really can remember. So yeah. Sort of Love Boy had skips. Donda had a lot of skips. <laughs> it was just some stuff when it was like, hey, no, I'm not vibing to this. So the offseason to me, no skips. That's why I give it. That's why I give it that. Mine is uh Jake and 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 it's kind of between the it, like how you say like you're kind of like teetering between Baby Keem and uh um J, uh, J Cole, man, J Cole and Tyler the Creator. I you think know Tyler's album was good too. I think Tyler the Creator had the best album, like just musically, mm-hmm. like not just from a rap standpoint, but just the music, the like the melody, like. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna geek out, but um, <laughs> the creative, the creative aspect. I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Like just from a Tyler is a creative artist. But from an artistic standpoint, that album is genius. That album is amazing. He has a song on there that's about, I think it's like eight minutes long. However. And you kind of hear the eight minutes on, you're like, oh, listen to that. Sanford, remember um, when I got you hip to Cleo, um, to Cleo Soul? Yes. And how her songs, like, would change key and change, like, like, like it would just change in, the, in, in like, the middle of, of the song. It was like it's a bridge, but it's not a bridge. Right. Like... That's basically what that song. I think it's called "Sugar, So Sweet," some like some some like some like that. I know he got Snow Allegra on it, but mm-hmm. it's basically like three, four songs into one, and they all just blend in together, and you don't even like like it. You don't even realize that you're listening to just one full song. Yeah, that's what makes it so beautiful. Right. And I and see that, what... Oh, my bad. Oh, no. go. Oh, no. Go ahead. I was done. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I agree with you. Because I think only Tyler, the creator, honestly, I like how he's been kind of talking out with these interviews, too, about... Because, you know, we had the whole thing with, between him and DJ Khaled, the controversy saying, you know, his album actually did better than DJ Khaled's album. And Tyler, the creator, I think he deserves more credit as an artist because he can actually, you know rap and like make music in different styles you know in his like different creative styles and we also heard Tyler Creator won 808 he could easily rap on 808s so yeah Tyler he as, as an artist overall he's really been like making like putting out a lot of content over the past decade especially with I can't think of the old group names but we all know about the Odd Future you know mm-hmm. that that old group went from back in 2011 yeah 
So yeah, that, that's a pretty good pick with Tyler. And he also has his song with um with Max O'Cream that she just I was surprised to hear he <laughs> dropped that. That's pretty good. He was just straight rapping on 808s. And I was like, this man Tyler can really switch up, you know, his style of music like a whole nother genre. So yeah, I, I give it that. Like, I do give him you know credit for that. And I definitely I actually may check it out though, um, after the podcast. And that's if they great. became one, you gotta see that just dropped too. So that's why I'm gonna definitely give that a listen. That, that yeah. one just dropped. That's why it's crazy because because even in uh Tyler's uh future days, it was just like 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 that nigga could rap, like he could legitimately spit. But the but the thing is like off the dome too. Like mm-hmm. our future was just known just for the like the antics and stuff that they did. And and then like if you listen to Tyra's lat album before last, Igor, like that's where he kind of tapped into his real, you know, I, I, granted, I didn't really listen to his earlier albums, but, You're saying. Mm-hmm. but, you know, his last two albums, you could tell he really, really tapped into that artistic, artistical side of him, of himself, like just being an artist, like just it being actual, like like to me, that's music. Mm-hmm. Like, not saying, not saying like CLB Donda, because Donda, because Donda, like from a music, Donda was different too. Mm-hmm. Like just from an instrumental standpoint, oh, it was so beautiful. Great, yeah, it's great. That's why, I like, was, I give Donda the beat to produce beautiful credit. Mm-hmm. And I like how he kind of went to the gospel little aspect too, or Donda. I like how he did that too. You know, he makes the gospel with the eight oh eight. We've been hearing that from Kanye, and how he's kind of like mastered that a little bit. So again, that's why I like how Kanye switched it up on Donda. But Donda just has some skips. He's just like all oh, the chants on it. I just didn't like that. That do the album pop off to me, but right. <laughs> yeah, 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 chants is kind of crazy. It was, yeah, yeah, yeah. it was that first part. That was kind of yeah. Like- that first, but the first song goes everybody off, bro. Like I've not heard one I'm person like, that's listening. They're like. <laughs> What is going on here? <laughs> you don't know what you enter into. I'm about to enter into some kind of secret organization. It's kind of accepting us. <laughs> like, bro, it's I like got Mark scared. Like, occult. A cult. <laughs> Dead. Oh, but man. Evan, sir, are you there? This connection, it's not going off and on. Yeah. Or episode. Yeah, he's been mm. lagging out. Hopefully, I mean, hey, it's all good, but y'all got anything? He is gonna else? see a double A football chat right now, though. I think he's probably talking in that too, because I see he's a part of that convo on the uh, Twitter. I'm um, space, I might just join that actually. I yeah, think I got anything else before y'all got anything else before y'all want to close it out for the week? I want to say one thing. I want to say one thing this week. Go ahead. <laughs> I ain't never, and I come on this podcast every week, and I've said Arsenal stinks. Okay, Arsenal started off the Premier League season 0 and 3. 0 and fucking 3. Okay, I heard three, the pain in your voice. <laughs> three abysmal losses. I can take Chelsea, I can take Man City, but fucking Brentford. What the fuck is a Brentford? Okay. Like when an unknown club, like a club that doesn't yeah. even get called. Oh, I've never even heard of a club. Just, no, I've, seen, a, I've just, seen them on FIFA, actually. I've actually heard of Brentford on FIFA. A team that – that is the team that if I'm playing with Arsenal in a in a, in a a career mode, I'm playing them in the FA Cup and I'm whooping their ass. That's the kind of team that mm-hmm. they are. 
kind of like a team to put you over a little bit, you know. Yeah. yeah. And we sat here and we lost him. Granted, Brentford's actually looking pretty good because they just went toe-to-toe with Liverpool. And yeah. Liverpool is pretty damn good this, this Don't know about this Liverpool. <laughs> but, um, but regardless of that, ever since then, ever since then, we've gone ran the table three straight, three, three straight wins and a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful three to one win at home this past Saturday against Tottenham, who are our arch rivals. Tottenham, Tottenham, Arsenal, think of that as Tottenham, Arsenal, think of that as like Washington, Philly. Think of it like that. Interesting. Because there are, because just, I'm going to make this quick. There are three, there, there are four big Premier League clubs in London. You have Crystal Palace, Chelsea, Arsenal, Tottenham Hotspur. The three big clubs in 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 um London is Chelsea, Arsenal, Tottenham. Crystal Palace stinks. They've stunk for a long time. I don't know how they've remained in the in, 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 in the Premier League. Although they got my guy Zaha who needs to come to Arsenal. But that's another story. So base so um, Chelsea's in South London. Um, Arsenal and Tottenham are both in are both in North London, so they have that cross town rival right. type. Like how, like how Brooklyn and the Knicks have. Like yeah, that's team. really the, that. I, I, actually, that's more accurate. Yeah, Brooklyn, like, Brooklyn and uh, yeah, Nets and Knicks. Nets and Knicks. so, and so, you know, we just came out and like we uh, again, we've been a laughing stock for the longest time. And people say that the Premier League is the top league in the world because you have great clubs like Liverpool, Man, Man United, Chelsea, Man, and, 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 and Man City, all to give you that, um, you know, that top club in the world feel. And then you got teams like Leicester, West, West Ham, Everton, Wolves, who are, who are like, they're not gonna win the league, but they're fun to watch. You know, they're inspiring. And then you just have Arsenal and Tottenham just for coming. <laughs> <laughs> That's basically I'm sorry. Just like. the way he's t- – the tone to was like, yeah, then you just have these two teams to just fucking make your blood pressure go up and down. Like, <laughs> if you're a fan of them. No, no. See, well, Arsenal – and I know Evan can, can um, attest to this when because he feels that way about, you know, about um, basically every team in Washington. When it comes to Arsenal and what they do and when they lose, I'm so numb to it. That's the way they lose. I mean, honestly, as far as like every team in Washington, the the fan base I feel like is closest to being numb is the Wizards. Because, though, when you think about it, Washington football team fans, Washington football team has been losing for longer than any other team in D.C., but yet – Every time they lose, people people are mad. Like they're genuine. Like they try to play it off like they accepted it, but really they're still mad. And then the Nets, when they lose, people get upset. The Caps, when they lose, people get upset. When a Wizards, like when a Wizards lose, a lot of fans around here just go like, 
Well, it's another loss. Because the sad thing when it comes to, you know, the Wizards, and I'm going to close off with this statement, why we've kind of been numb, because one, we were bad for a long time. And then two, I brought up the whole Gilbert Arenas thing where we were a fun, competitive team, but we weren't going anywhere. And then we kind of dipped down back to mediocrity. We got John Wall, we got Bradley Beal, we got Otto Porter. We thought we were building this core, and we were sending up. So it basically was looking like, okay, we're going to be a confident team. Lo and behold, like I said, John Wall gets injured, and we kind of fall back down, and now we're kind of climbing back up. So it's kind of like what the Woods has been like, this roller coaster. It's like, yeah, we're going to know. Yeah, no. So it's like when your fan base is up and down like that, it's like, and for a long time, mind you, we've been, we're talking about ever since basically, what, the 2000s to now? It's like you get used to that. The fans, now I feel like that are like numb. They were numb to a lot of the pain until recently was Knicks fans because it was so bad. For literally majority of our lifetimes, the Knicks have been a bad team. They literally, I can even name the part. They were only good in, what, 99? Because 99, that's when they went to the finals. They were good. In the early 2010s, because of Melo, like, and not even all of it, just like a literally a few years after like 2013, they didn't make the playoffs. And then this upcoming seat, this previous season that just happened. So I feel like if anyone gets there, it would be New York Knicks fans. Yeah. And, and, and just one last thing. Um, when we were getting whooped by, um, I think we lost the city like 5 0, which was 5, which is 5 0. You could literally hear Arsenal, like, someone, no, someone recorded Arsenal fans, like, because in soccer, they sing. So the fans are literally singing, we lose every week, we lose every week, you're nothing special, we lose every week. That's, that's hilarious. <laughs> is it? That is actually funny. That's funny and then sad at the same time. Hey, I, t- I told you, comic relief. Mm-hmm. Definitely comic relief. Told you, comic relief. But shout out to everybody that supports us. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for spreading the love. Thank you for spreading the word. Know the game. We are almost at 1.6. The goal is to hit 2K by the end of the year. I we can have see about, it And I can see it definitely happen. We have, what, maybe 13 weeks left in 2021? 12. 12. 12. 12. So we're literally going to hit hit 52 at the final week of December. That's great. That's beautiful. So, we have 12 weeks. We can get to 2K. I know y'all could do it. I know y'all could push your initiative. Yeah, because it's been, get yeah, the, the content has been rolling out, man. The number, mm-hmm. the listeners been going up, you know. Yeah, it's been getting a lot of support. Shoot. A lot of promotion. Yeah, thanks for the support for real. It means a lot, honestly. Just know, to that, do this. That definitely, man. It, it, it helps to push all of us to continue to be better, continue to grow, continue to take steps forward. And just to let you guys know of, like, personal things going on, I am moving. I'm not moving far. I'm moving up a marble. If you guys know PG, that's not far. That's about 20 minutes from Bowie. And my goal is there's a big shed in the back. Like, when I'm talking about this shed is huge, y'all. Like, it's like a whole living space. I guess the, the goal is to turn that into the podcast studio. Because right now I'm in an apartment. I can't really do anything. But there we can get the nice, beautiful setup. You can see all four of our beautiful, lovely faces in the same place at the same time. And the guests as well. I have probably mics for the guests as well. Mics and extra chairs and everything. So 
pretty sure by next year the goal is to have that set up fully up and running of course got to make sure the tool shed is inspected make sure electrician comes through make sure it gets all the wiring that we need right get a nice nice and insulated get some nice paint paint the inside nice and beautiful get probably some jerseys get some nice paintings up the goal is by january february 2022 three on the island podcast is in person it's live and continue to make shots forward man and we gonna keep it rocking keep it rolling keep it rocking shout out to some stuff in the making too i'm sorry Mm -hmm. to cut you off no 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 you good we got some stuff in the making Save the zebras. Don't let them die. <laughs> Save the DMV zebras, man. Or else Evan's going to come after you. He's the zebra king. He must make sure his subjects are good in his kingdom. But, yeah, we got a lot of things coming out, a lot of things rolling. And you guys have a beautiful and lovely week. We are out. Peace. Ugh.